Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Washington, D.C. Acknowledge me. Chris Russell on the Team 980. I'm not trying to be a jerk. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Nice to have you with us on a Thursday, February the 8th, 2024. As we draw within 76 hours, I guess it would be about 76 hours from kickoff of Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, which you can hear right here on the Team 980, the Odyssey app, beginning at 2 o'clock via Westwood One. We'll have all-day coverage for you through the final whistle and the celebration of Super Bowl 58, again, right here on the Team 980. Looking forward to the final football game of the season uh, and seeing who comes out on top. And again, we'll have, uh, again, all of our Super Sunday coverage beginning at 2 o'clock via Westwood One. So, we have a big show for you today. We have former Redskins head coach Jay Gruden in the 3 o'clock hour. He will break down Super Bowl 58. He, um, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you like football, which, you know, we try and bring you, um, if you like football, you're going to like some of the X's and O's and analytical type stuff that he's going to give you, schematic type stuff that he's going to give you because we already did the interview Talk to Jay this morning, just in full disclosure. Uh, as well, Craig Carton from FS1. Now, not the Mad Dog. The Mad Dog apparently was talking about me with Grant and Danny the other day and remembering me vaguely uh, and, and saying he did not force me to change my name. Craig Carton from FS1, who used to work on WFAN, uh, will join us coming up in a little bit, about 25 minutes or so, uh, right at 1.30. Uh, on behalf of FanDuel, and we'll talk, of course, Super Bowl 58 and everything in between uh, and some of the controversies. I know they spent some time talking about Eric Bieniemy and whether that was right or wrong to be visiting the Kansas City Chiefs in their building before the AFC Championship game while still at that point very much under contract to the Washington Commanders. We'll talk about that, the field, uh, all of that. Um so we will be joined by Craig Carton coming up again in about 25 minutes. But the big one, the big one is commander's head coach, Dan Quinn. 
He will join us at 2.15. Uh, and, um, you know, listen, uh, everybody knows that I've been very much in favor of this hire. I, I promise you it's not going to be a total suck up. I, I've got, I've got, I think, some hard-hitting questions or some fair questions. Fair might be more than hard-hitting. I mean, look, if if y'all think that I'm going to be like, hey, how does it feel to be the third or fourth choice? That's not correct. That's not the way it works. Okay? Number one, everybody that's running around saying he was the third or fourth choice, you don't know that. They never, ever, ever made any sort of commitment to Ben Johnson. Period. Now, did they call Mike McDonald on his way to Seattle? Yeah, from what I've heard, yes. Did they make him an offer? It's a little gray, but I'm sure they tried to if they didn't. So you can argue that Dan Quinn wasn't their number one choice. Never said that he was. I know that he was at the top of their list. Not the not I don't know if he was the top name on their list. He was at the top of their list when they interviewed eight or nine guys and considered a bunch of other people, right, and ultimately squeezed Bill Belichick in the back door and Mike Vrabel and Pete Carroll became available and others that were kind of in the waters. Dan Quinn wasn't eight or nine on that list. I don't know if he was one. I don't know if he was 1A. I don't know if he was two, but I know he was near or at the top of their list. How do I know that? They called him an hour after they fired Ron Rivera. Maybe it was an hour and a half. I mean, you don't do that to somebody you're not interested in. Right? No matter how it played out, they brought Dan Quinn in for an in-person interview before flying to Detroit. So you can sit here and say, hey, how does it feel to be the third or fourth choice? You don't know that. And ultimately... Does it really mean anything? And I don't think it really does. Here's what I know. Whether he was the first choice, the second choice, the third choice, the fourth choice, whatever. You guys can concentrate on that. You guys can get swept up in that. You guys can focus on that. I'm going to choose, and maybe I'll be wrong, but I'll take the hit if I'm wrong. Ain't the first time. Ain't the last time. I choose to focus on the fact that he's an experienced, successful past head coach. Don't just look at the record. Now, the record is 43-42 and with a Super Bowl appearance. Should have won the Super Bowl. They did not. I can't deny that. They won a road playoff game the next year without Kyle Shanahan. Yes, there were some issues after that, even with issues after that. Roster management, offensive coordinator, so on and so forth. They were still 7-9, 7-9. Yes, they started 2020 0-5. Again, Marty Schottenheimer started 0-5. Wound up 8-8 here in his one year here. Didn't Joe Gibbs start 0-5? I believe that worked out for the Washington Redskins. You can start 0-5. That doesn't make it a losing season. That makes it a losing record in a five-game season. And yeah, it wasn't pretty. But as I've told you over and over and over again, 
There is not one set of criteria, one set of data, one set of statistics, one philosophy, one ideology, one mentality. Not on this show, man. I can't control everybody else. I'll fight the good fight, but there ain't one and only one way of doing things on this show. And whatever else and whatever other form I exist in, whether it's on Twitter slash X, whether it's on other shows, TV, radio, what have you, in print, there is not one ideology, one way of doing things. And there is not one surefire, only this way or the highway type of agendas. That, that Maybe at one point in my life, I used to have that. That's not the way I roll now. So what I hope to do by having Dan on in a little over an hour, for those of you that heard the press conference, heard him with Hoffman yesterday, and if you didn't, go back, listen, obviously, on Rewind Podcast 515 he was on. I thought Craig did a good spot. I thought Dan was, you know, great. I'm trying to ask, obviously, different questions to elicit different answers, maybe some stuff that he hasn't been asked yet or ways he hasn't been asked. But while we said the other day, Monday, after the press conference when we were at Command Land, that you don't win any games or lose any games via press conference or via an interview, what I'm trying to do is peel back the curtain a little bit so that you guys understand, hey, for those of you that are on the fence about this, fine. You have a right to your opinion. For those of you that are dead set against it, I don't get that. I don't understand it. I never will. But you're entitled to your opinion. But I hope, I hope to peel back the curtain a little bit, to shed a little bit of light, to bring you a little bit closer to not him as a person as much, but yeah, that's a part of it, but to how he's going to operate with this football team. You heard Logan Paulson on with Kevin Sheehan. Great interview, great spot, great information. Uh, highly suggest you go back and listen to it again on the Odyssey Rewind. Uh, I th- it was right after noon uh, and all the way up until like 1225 or so. And you heard Logan, who played for Dan Quinn, and Logan has talked about this with Craig on the Take Command podcast and, and every other interview and so on and so forth. I mentioned Tyler Columbus. I've met, I've talked to other coaches that worked side by side with him. Kyle Shanahan the other day, just effusive in praise, right? While none of that guarantees wins, you know what it does? If you combine what people think, not what they're saying, because you could say anything, what people think what people believe and what people know about Dan Quinn and Adam Peters, you know what it means? Especially when you throw in the Josh Harris and Magic Johnson factor, it means for the first time, truly for the first time in 30 years, people are going to want to be here and play here. And live here. Not just because they're getting paid. 
not just because it's the only NFL home that they know. Not just because they feel a sense of loyalty to sign a second contract, i.e. a Ryan Kerrigan, a Jordan Reed, a uh, Trent Williams, whoever. It's because they want to be a part of what they are building and what they are putting together. So they say nice guys finish last. Sometimes that's true. But you know what? Nice guys who are also really smart, creative, aggressive, kick-ass, experienced, and shrewd, you know what happens to those guys? They often finish first. So I would just say this. Get aboard now. Don't break your legs hopping on the bandwagon two years from now. Don't keep being a hater. Don't hate the player. Don't hate the game. And don't hate the head coach. You don't have to love it. That's your right. You could prefer an offensive mind. You could have preferred Ben Johnson. And listen, if you want Ben Johnson, that's on you. I keep telling all of you, as I told you throughout the process, I didn't want that guy anywhere near my football team. Nowhere near. I knew, I knew that there was something weird about him. And it helps that I talk to some people that know him. Okay? I knew he was a playmaker, a play designer, and that's about it. And maybe one day he'll be a good head coach. I don't know. But this guy, this show, was not head over heels with him in any sort of way. Now, Mike McDonald, even though I had questions, I did really like him. And Raheem Morris, of course, I loved Raheem Morris. So I can't tell you Dan Quinn is the only one that I loved or liked or wanted to get the job. But I had a prototype in mind, a great leader, a galvanizer, an energetic, enthusiastic dude who also ideally had experience and was from the defensive side. Because I am still of the thought that you can win with defensive first as a mentality. You don't have to score 28 points a game to win games in the NFL and to win championships if you build out the best roster. If your focus is on the best 53 instead of the best 11. And the only 11. You get where I'm coming from? 301-230-0980. That is how we lead off. Again, Craig Carton going to join us in about 1.30. We will talk Super Bowl 58 and more. Some commander stuff as well. Get his reaction to Craig, uh, to uh, Dan Quinn. And also this, the Wizards have reportedly made a trade. Details next on NBA trade deadline day. For some reason, the dopey NBA choosing to drop this into our laps instead of just, I don't know, simply waiting a week when there's nothing else going on next week. But why would we want to do that? No, instead we want to make 16,000 trades on the Thursday of Super Bowl week. But the Wizards have reportedly made a trade details next. 
uh, right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Stay with us. Let me just say I hate when I think I'm charging my phone, which is always low on battery because it's five and a half years old and it's cracked to smithereens. Let me just say I hate when I think I'm charging my phone for a good 20 minutes. You don't check the indicator light and you realize it's not charging. Not good. Not very good. 5 and 11, not very good. You know what is very good? Dan Quinn going to join us at 2.15. Jay Gruden just after 3 o'clock. Craig Carton coming up uh, at the bottom of the hour from oh FS1. Oh, my goodness, goodness gracious. No, Susan, you are not allowed on the show. No offense. I love you, Susie. What? Maybe, maybe during Yankee season. Waja. Good gracious. Anyway. Uh, that's the guest rundown. We will try and squeeze in some calls. 301-230-0980. In case you missed it, it's NBA trade deadline day, and there are a lot of trades coming down the pike, and the Wizards have reportedly made one. The Mavericks, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, have agreed to a deal to acquire Daniel Gafford. From the Wizards, in exchange for center Rashawn Holmes and draft compensation. Um, the story, uh, which is right now up at the team980.com, uh, points out, and this is as of 11.15, I think, was Wojnarowski's last tweet on it, uh, unless he sent an update that I haven't seen, um, is one of many. Obviously, uh, but specific to the Wizards, centering around a situation where you give up Gafford, who certainly is. Oh, listen, when Marvin Bagley is out of the lineup, as he has been the last, I think, two games, really, really, really difficult. But the bottom line is, Gafford, when he was on the court, was able to give you at least minutes. From a shot-blocking perspective, from an occasional offensive perspective, from a hustle and effort perspective, the problem was, unfortunately, he was in foul trouble a lot, right? It's just undeniable. And while he was a nice find and a nice piece that Tommy Shepard brought in here from Chicago... Ultimately, Daniel Gafford is probably not somebody that you want playing 35 minutes for you, right? And we all knew first half of this season or the first, you know, 40% roughly, they did not have enough size, even with Gafford. And then they go out and get Marvin Bagley and he comes in and kicks a little ass for the first, I don't know, six, seven games, whatever it was. And then he gets banged up. And again, I think he's missed the last two, maybe three games. I have to go back and double check. But the bottom line is, Bagley, clearly, under contract for another year. They kind of like him. Who knows what they're going to get back in Rashawn Holmes. I I don't have any file on him. I got to look him up. 
Okay, I can't tell you I waste a lot of time watching Dallas Mavericks basketball. But the point being is, right, you kind of knew, and still with the deadline still to come, that the Wizards, if they were going to trade, and now there was all the rumors about Kyle Kuzma, but if they were going to make a trade, it was going to be it was going to be Daniel Gafford or is going to be the point guard Tyus Jones. That that's I mean, that's what you kind of figured, right? And as of right now, as of right now, it's Daniel Gafford. And if you're going to give up Daniel Gafford, hopefully again you're getting a young upside size guy that they this administration really likes and a cheaper option in return and one who can compliment Marvin Bagley. We'll see about Tyus Jones. Still some time, lots of trades going on in the league. But the bottom line is Daniel Gafford was a nice find. He wasn't the end all be all by any stretch of the imagination. Maybe I liked him a little bit because he was from Arkansas. Good luck to Gafford. Obviously, there's no more further update that I've seen on making that deal official. But maybe he has a chance to play some valuable playoff minutes, which obviously wasn't happening here. All right, we'll take a timeout. Do a trending alert. Craig Carton from FanDuel coming up and Fox Sports 1 next, right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right, so as we mentioned, again, Daniel Gafford heading to Dallas as part of a deal with the Mavericks. So his career here in Washington has come to an end. The Knicks have traded Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, and Alec Burke uh, to, I, I should say, the Pistons have traded those two players uh, to the New York Knicks in a package for Evan Fournier, uh, Quentin Grimes, uh, and two others, along with two second-round picks as the Knicks continue to reshape and retool their roster. Meanwhile, former Wizards point guard uh, Spencer Dinwiddie on the move again. He's heading north of the border from Brooklyn to Toronto in a deal for Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young from the Raptors. We'll keep an eye on the NBA tread deadline all day long after the Wizards lost last night uh, in a spirited effort at home. Meanwhile, the Capitals back in action tonight. 7 o'clock puck drop down in Sunrise against the Eastern Conference champion Florida Panthers. Action on 106.7 The Fan beginning at 645, and that's what's trending. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, 130 on the nose. Good to have you with us on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app on this Thursday. Just cleaning up something about Bagley, who we mentioned, uh, you know, obviously who they traded for from Detroit and now trading Daniel Gafford, the Wizards, to the Dallas Mavericks. Gaff- uh, Bagley's missed the last three games. The Heat, sp- uh, the Heat, Phoenix, and last night's loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, all right, joining us right now is... The host of the Carton Show uh, on FS1 every morning, uh, 583 on Verizon Fios around here. Not sure the other channels I watch it uh, and bounce around between the junks and Carton. Uh, it is longtime radio host and FanDuel responsible gaming ambassador. And again, the host of the Carton Show, Craig Carton. And he's with us on the BetQL guest hotline. Craig, it's Chris Russell here in D.C. Good to have you on again this year. How are you, sir? Yep. Doing great. I got a quick question for you, if I may. Yes, sir. Do you do you think it's weird or untoward or awkward, or you pick your favorite word, you're better at that than I am, that while Eric Bieniemy was still employed <laughs> by the commanders, that he's showing up yeah. with the Kansas City Chiefs All right. to try to get himself back into the good graces of Andy Reid. What's uh, going on? All right, so a couple of things. Number one, I talked about this yesterday. That was my first thing that I said absolutely with you. I was like, this is kind of weird. He was under contract when this happened because right. it was before the AFC championship game. And he was he was or had interviewed for the head coaching position, which still had not been de- decided at that point. So when I watched you guys this morning, and actually I was going to ask you about this. Uh, obviously, you brought this up with your uh, with your panel, uh, and 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 again, I don't want to get Eric Bieniemy in trouble. I don't want to get Andy Reid in trouble. I don't want to get Patrick Mahomes in trouble. But the fact that they were so willing to talk about this on the record with a guy who was not only under contract to the Commanders up until two days ago but also was in their building and was holding meetings, A, tells you the kind of regard that they hold Eric Bieniemy in, and B, tells you that they're like, yeah, screw it, we don't care if we broke the rules. <laughs> hey, it also tells you that Josh Harris and his group knew right away Eric Bieniemy is not surviving uh, you know, our decisions when it comes to coaching, but I was thinking back, I've never seen anything like that for unemployed coordinator of another team to invoke himself into the game planning of an actual AFC championship mm-hmm. game. I'm like, you, there's no way that should be allowed in the NFL. Yep. Crazy to me. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. Um, and, and maybe the NFL will spank the, the Chiefs a little bit here. Maybe they won't. You know, I, I think it's a yeah. weird, delicate issue, right? Because the enemies had 
I don't know, 17 head coaching interviews. He can't get one. He comes here to be the play caller and assistant head coach. It becomes a disaster. I don't know how much of the commanders you were able to watch uh, this year. I'm sure not much. And and, uh, who could blame you just from the standpoint of they suck? Um, But the bottom line is it didn't work out here for various reasons, right? Some of that, Eric Bieniemy's issue, but they love him. They adore him in can or at least the players do on the record, and I think privately as well. And it kind of shows you what they think of him to allow him to do that, right? And for him to do yep. that and all that stuff. But it doesn't mean it's not against the rules. Yeah, it's probably against the rules. And like I said this morning, you know, if I'm Matt Nagy, the you know de facto, I guess, offensive coordinator, recognize that Andy Reid does a lot, if not all, the play calling. If I'm Matt Nagy and this dude shows up before the championship game, right. I'm saying to myself, my man, I got this. Like, appreciate your support, but don't need you in the building while I'm prepping the guys for a huge game. So just I never see anything like that. It's crazy. Watch Craig Carton every morning from 7 to 9.30 Eastern time on the Carton Show on FS1. As well, follow him on Twitter at Craig Carton Live, the Carton Show at the Carton Show. Uh, and he's with us. Excuse me, as a FanDuel responsible gaming ambassador as we approach Super Bowl uh, 58. Uh, before we get into some of the other things that I wanted to talk about, because you were also, uh, as we were uh, throughout the week, talking about uh, the field turf for the practice and uh, everything with the 49ers and how that might have yeah. an impact. Uh, on the game, why don't you tell us a little bit? Uh, we were able to have you on last year, so that uh, you know, yeah. kind of our annual chat here. <coughs> Excuse sure. me, my throat is killing me. About what you guys are doing okay. at FanDuel, considering how much money is obviously going to be bet on the Super Bowl, and now how much you can do on an everyday basis for every event, and how important it is to teach people: Hey, you can do what you do, but do it responsibly and do it safely. Yeah, it's, uh, and I appreciate the, the opportunity to do this again. Look, I'm an idiot, right? I went down a really bad road, and I knew better uh, when it came to gambling. That led to other bad decisions and, you know, cost me my freedom. Um, and I don't want to gloss over that. But, right. you know, the reality is that there's so many people gambling for the first time now uh, who just think it's all, you know, easy peasy. And to be fair, we don't do these interviews to scare anybody because the reality is that the far majority of people will gamble responsibly, recreationally, uh, and it's all good. But for the, the small percentage of people, which now becomes you know, hundreds of thousands of people because the amount of people gambling, that you know, go down the road I went down where they start making irrational decisions, we just want to let people know that you know, there are opportunities before you ever make that first bet, after you make the first bet, where you can use the tools that FanDuel has created really just as a method to protect yourself against the irrational, emotional side of wagering. Uh, And that's really what this is all about because especially young men, that's the fastest growing segment of the population that's now gambling, Mm -hmm. obviously for the first time, you know, it's like, Hey, you have a big win. So I'm going to get, I'm going to bet more on the next game because I just got a big win or man, I lost that game. You know, the, the commanders lost on Sunday afternoon so now I'm going to bet the Sunday night game that I know nothing about because I can't afford to lose the 100 bucks I just lost. So there are three things. We talked about them last year, and they're still there, which I highly recommend, which are you know, time limits. You shouldn't spend all day on the app. If you want to make a wager, go make the wager. Get off the app. There's no reason to sit on it. Number two, you can protect yourself from making that rash emotional decision, right, by setting up deposit limits so that 
if you do lose the money in your account, you're not going to go right to your bank account and try to refund the account mm -hmm. because you've set up parameters to protect against that. And then if you are successful, and some of you will be, and you make a couple good picks and you win a couple games, that doesn't allow you to now be a lunatic and bet everything you just won, and you can do all that before you ever get to it. So it's just a good idea to consider it. And with that, you know, there are certain signs you look for, especially amongst young adults. I'll just give you one real quick. You know, one of the biggest signs for someone who's going down a bad road when it comes, you know, not just sports gambling, but really any kind of gambling, you know, cards, casino games, you know, scratch-offs, horse racing, et cetera, is that compulsive gamblers don't want attention. They become more of a, you know, recluse and loners, and they start spending a lot more time alone. Uh, they don't want to socialize. They want to go to parties. They don't want to hang out. They don't want to you know, be with the guys or the gals anymore. And if you have a friend who you know is actively wagering, who starts exhibiting some of those behaviors where they're not themselves and they're not interested in doing things they otherwise would normally want to do, I would just suggest ask them how they're doing and what's going on. And without being you know, too hyperbolic on this, you literally might save their lives. And if not that you know, drastic, you might certainly kind of wake them up and get them into a place where they can recognize that they're no longer gambling in a healthy manner, a recreational manner, and a responsible manner. And having lived it and now counseling young guys who are going through it, you know, that one phone call, that one buddy who says, how you doing, really uh, speaks volumes and really can change the course of somebody's life. No, I think that's very well said and and, and a, an important reminder. I mean, you can put time limits, you can put money limits, you can put, you know, app limits, what have you, and you can find out more at fanduel.com slash RG. Uh, and, and Craig was obviously talking about younger men. Uh, you guys have kicked off at FanDuel yourself, the Responsible Gaming College Tour. So, again, people can check that yeah. all out in the FanDuel app. It's easy to find. Again, fanduel.com slash RG. But like you said, you know, I have a friend that I, 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 you know, and I won't say it on the air, um, <clears throat> that a long time ago I used to watch him gamble, you know, and this was when gambling was so taboo, uh, Craig. Sure. Um, you know, he, he would, like, literally we were doing an Around the NFL show, and he would walk out of the studio during commercial breaks and, and literally throw up into buckets because he yep. was losing yep. so much money. You know, that's how powerful – this can be if you do it wrong. You know, one thing that I kind of do, and again, I'm, I don't have the addiction. I have an addiction to food, not necessarily to gambling, but I do a lot of $1 and $2 bets. You know, I don't bet $25 or $50 or $100 or whatever. This way I get action and I feel like I'm in the game, but I'm not losing more than i don't know five six seven it's almost like playing the penny slots at any casino that you go to as opposed to playing the you know fifty dollar per spin slots you know right. <laughs> or something there's, like there's, that there's there and and that's the smartest thing because there's there are people out there that incorrectly think you know i'm going to use gambling as a second source of income and you know you're not going to is the reality uh there's not a handicapper on the planet that ever has a year that's better than maybe 60%, if that. So don't think you're going to show up and all of a sudden you're going to start winning every single week because the reality is that you're not. And it's okay. Look, you want to turn the Super Bowl into a pay-per-view event and put 20 bucks, 50 bucks on the game, depending on what your income is, all good. And if you win, great, take the money, go buy yourself a nice dinner or a bottle of something. 
And if you lose, hey, you know what? It cost me 20 bucks, 50 bucks mm-hmm. again. Whatever the appropriate number is yep. based on your income. And you walk away and, you know, it's all good. And the majority of people can do that. Uh, it's the people that now get caught up in the, I'm going to get rich. I'm going to buy cars and boats and yachts. I'm a better handicapper than you, blah, 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 that start making just really what amounts to irrational and bad decisions. And I want to thank you in advance because, look, having hosted Sports Talk radio shows for more than 30 years, I know when, when we come along and say, hey, give me five minutes of your, of your valuable airspace to have kind of a sobering conversation about gambling, it goes against what you would normally talk about. So we do appreciate it very much, and I appreciate the fact that you're giving us this platform to talk to your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure, and I think it's important, uh, very important for our audience to learn from some of the mistakes, you know, that you've admitted to and some of the things that you can get in trouble. Craig Carton is with us, the host of the Carton Show on FS1, 7 and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time uh, every morning. All right, so uh, also part yeah. of th- this morning's show, you guys were having a discussion about the field surface and the practice uh, uh, elements. I-, I think it's, you know, yeah. look, the – the NFL is we, – we know they only care about money, right? I know they've had yep. field technicians out there. They say it's fine. Kyle Shanahan's like, ah, it's, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but it's a little bit of a pain in the ass. Like, how in the world does the NFL do this game to this magnitude and have a crappy field last year in Phoenix where guys were slipping left and right, and then again another disaster even before we get to the game? Yeah, it's mind-boggling to me, and it's not equitable. And for those of you uh, listening you know, to Chris right now, I just want to walk you through what they did. If anyone has ever planted sod in their backyard and then unfortunately had a real good rainstorm, you know what happens to the sod. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take. And, you know, the pieces of the sod move around. They get muddy. So what the NFL did, uh, obviously the Kansas City Chiefs are at the Raiders facility, all good. These guys are at the UNLV facility, which is a turf field. They took about three inches of sod and they slapped it down on top of the AstroTurf. Right. Obviously, it's not going to take. It's got no soil under it for it to attach to the AstroTurf. And then they got an obscene amount of rain, kind of unexpected for this time of year in uh, Las Vegas, and it's become a mess. So no impact at all on the linemen, but an impact on your skill position guys yep. who are now afraid to death of you know, cutting on this crap and hurting themselves before the game. And will have an impact? I say no, it won't. But just what you said, like, you're a $20 billion annual business. 110 million people are going to watch the game. And you took one of the teams in that game and gave them the best possible circumstance to practice on. And you took the other team and basically you trashed their practice week. And how the NFL does that or you know, stands by that is, is beyond me. Uh, Craig, uh, before we let you out of here, we appreciate your time. Uh, you know, yeah. to me, from from an actual matchup standpoint, I think this is going to be the San Francisco run defense, which has been horrible during the playoffs and was wretched against Detroit tackling. Uh, my guy Chase Young, uh, uh, half effort and all that stuff. Bad tackling, bad tackling. If yep. Kansas City can run the football, and they should be able to with Pacheco uh, and and maybe some reverses and some you know like little half tosses and whatnot with uh, Sky Moore and, and maybe even Kadarius Toney. I think this is going to be yeah, probably ugly for the 49ers. Do you uh, do you agree with that sentiment, or do you uh, spin it no, a different way? I don't. I don't. And I think you're right. Obviously, you know, Kansas City is clearly going to try to establish the run 
Chris Pacheco has become their go-to guy. And, yeah, this is a much different Kansas City team than, you know, the last four or five years. They don't throw the ball deep. They don't do anything over the top. They might take one or two shots at it, but they are a dink and dunk type of offense right now where the majority of uh, Pat Mahomes' throws are 15 yards or less. But I would reverse what you said, and I'd put the same exact commentary on the Kansas City run defense. Mm. You know, I'm still baffled by the fact that Todd Munkin in Baltimore refused to run the football after what we saw the Bills did successfully against Kansas City with James Cook and, of course, with Josh Allen. The Kansas City run defense is the weakest part of their defense, good point. not their secondary. So, to me, I think what you said goes both ways. I think if either team successfully establishes the run and they're both good enough to do it, I think both defenses are in trouble. Now, that being said, I even said this morning, the magic number in this game is 20. It is a race to 20. Mm-hmm. San Francisco with Brock Purdy as their starting quarterback over the last year and a half have never lost the game when they score 20 or more points. And the flip side of that, Kansas City, when they allow less than 20 points, also undefeated. If San Francisco is over 20, they win the Super Bowl. If it's a low-scoring game under 20, then Kansas City takes it by a field goal. All right. Love it. Uh, good stuff, Craig. As always, appreciate you. Uh, you guys are doing a great thing at FanDuel, obviously. And, uh, you know, again, we'll continue to advise everybody. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, we'll watch you on uh, Fox Sports uh, 1 every morning as, I, as I bump uh, back and forth and all over the place. I got a couple of other shows that I got to monitor, but I watch every morning. Uh, and I'm a big fan of yours. So, you know, I, I appreciate you making appreciate some time that. for us. And, and tell the junkies they're doing it. 30 years, it's enough. It's enough. I mean, listen, when you make uh, the kind of scratch that they make and have the kind of rating success, they ain't giving up anytime soon, I can tell you that much, you know? Like I'll tell you what, as a, as a radio geek and a guy that's done it you know, for 30 years yep. and had you know, blessed with success in a lot of different markets, you know, their run in Washington yeah. is a Hall of Fame run. I'm not sure if they're in the Hall of Fame yet or not or Marconi and all that nonsense, but that is as good a run as you will ever get in radio. and. I know the station's proud of them, and they should be. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, they've been kicking ass, like you said, for almost 30 years. And uh, and, and the best part about them, I'll just say this, because not as many people know this, it, you know, and people make fun of them and whatever. They don't talk hardcore sports, this, that, and the other thing. They're really, really, really good people. Really good guys. And, and I know them, and I've known them for 15 years. Really good guys. So, Dude, I've said this all the time. Like, the days, the old school days, I'm just doing straightforward yep. X's and O's oh, I agree. sports talk. It's is dead as dinosaurs. And if you can't uh, if you can't talk about other things and pop culture and you know your personal lives and go straight from sports, then you don't belong in this business because it's not the way to go. I agree. One last thing: Do you miss radio, or are you really happy with the decision you made? Uh, both. Um, okay. Look, radio is in my blood and heart. It's the only thing I can say that I've done. Uh, successfully uh, throughout my entire life. And I think my career, obviously, you know, success stands by that. You know, the TV thing is fun to me. It's a new challenge. And it also provided me the opportunity to you know, take care of a lot of things that I had messed up because of the gambling stuff. Yeah. So um, I'm thrilled doing it. Um, I love radio. I always love radio. And radio obviously gave me the opportunity to do a lot of really cool things in life. So uh, I'm always going to be uh, – I'm always going to be involved in radio in some way, shape, or form, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Craig, great to have you on. Uh, enjoy the Thanks Super Bowl, and we'll talk you. to you real soon, okay? 
You too. Take care. Thank right. you. There is uh, Craig Carton again of the Carton Show. Watch it on uh, FS1 every morning. On behalf of FanDuel, take a time out. Come on back. Don't forget, Commander's head coach Dan Quinn joining us at 2.15. Can't wait for that interview and that conversation with the new head coach of the Washington Commanders. Stay tuned. Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Thanks to Craig Carton for hopping on with us. Good spot there about responsible gambling, A. And B, of course, about the Super Bowl, B enemy. Now he was shot out of a cannon. He didn't leave. <laughs> let me ask a first question. He was, he was all fired up about Eric the enemy meeting uh, with the Chiefs. I mean, we brought that up on Windbag Wednesday with Linnell, right? When we saw that, I, brought, I, I first brought it up during a trending alert because it was a news item. And then we talked about it for a couple of minutes. We didn't spend a lot of time on it. I mean, I don't want to get EB in trouble. I don't want to get the Chiefs in trouble. I don't want to get Andy Reid in trouble or anybody in trouble. But it, and the first, I mean, if the first thing, if the first thing that doesn't strike you, and, and it's amazing watching all these NFL new network reporters, like, they're just, you know, again, reporting it as, oh, look at what happened here. This is how great. And what he was under contract. You know? I've been under contract at times in my life. You can't just do what you want to do or what makes you feel happy. Again, I don't want to get EB in any trouble. I didn't report the story. I didn't even know about it, okay, because I I didn't think it would happen because he was still very much under contract. And maybe the NFL will look the other way. Maybe the commanders and Josh Harris will say, listen, we were going to let him go anyway. No, No big deal. Good for EB. We're not going to be jerks. but And they don't have to be, right? Everybody can choose whatever they want. But the, the it has to be brought up. And it is not shock jock radio. And it is not media just trying to stir the pot. It is illegal. Or illegal in, in a contractual sense. To be in a building of another team holding and hosting meetings with players in whatever form it was when you're under contract to another team. Now, again, maybe Eric Bieniemy got permission from Adam Peters. Maybe he got permission from Josh Harris. We don't know that part yet. The part that has been reported, that has not been reported, to my knowledge. So if it turns out, that way, then okay. But as far as we know, and based on any of the reporting that I have seen, and maybe I missed it, but I, I watched a bunch of it, he was under contract, and it was not meant mentioned by anybody that I saw. Hey, is this kosher? Is, is this allowed? It's kind of weird, isn't it? It was just like, oh, look at this great story. And good for EB. And if it helps the Chiefs, good for the Chiefs. Uh, apparently, it already helped the Chiefs. Because, again, it was before the AFC title game. Now, who knows? I said yesterday, maybe he'll be on the sidelines. Maybe he'll be in a skybox. Maybe he'll be in the Chiefs locker room. Maybe, uh, who knows, for Super Sunday. I have no idea. If I'm being honest with you, on one side of this, I'm a little upset about the fact that he was over there just because, yeah, he's under contract, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. But here's the other thing. We have a new OC. We have a new head coach. We have new leadership. 
We are moving away from all everything that was last season. So does it matter? Um, because I mean, it matters for, for in the, the commanders. Scheme, it doesn't matter for fans. For everyone, it's like okay, he's going and meeting with someone else. I don't think anybody here has ill will towards the enemy. No, no, Everybody, no, no, no. Like no. we understand it didn't work out last season, no. but we hope for the best for Eric. So yeah, if again, us, I'm qualifying like, you know it by saying I'm not. I, I don't want to get but Eric the enemy like, in trouble. But I have to point out that unless he got express permission from Josh Harris or from Adam Peters on behalf of Josh Harris. What he did was technically against, you know, what contracts and bylaws and, and whatever stand for, right? 100%. And it, this is one of those things where if I feel like this ownership really wants to take him to task, they could. Yeah, I don't think they do. But I don't think they do. I and think and like, they you know shouldn't, what? by the way. You know they what? shouldn't. We aren't bringing you back anyways. Right. Like, right. you need to look for options. Right. Is this a little fast? Yeah, but are were you coming back in the first place? No. So who cares? I will say this. If EB did this without getting permission That's that we don't know story. of, while he was still technically under consideration for either the head coaching position or to stay on the staff, I mean that, just that probably be, wasn't the smartest thing in the world for him to do. That would be a good look for him trying no. to get his next job. No, exactly. Exactly. All right. No, we're not going to make a big deal out of it. I, was, I just thought it was kind of fun. Uh, fun might be the wrong ironic that Carton just fired off on that before we even asked him the question because that was uh, on the question list. All right, Dan Quinn coming up at 2.15. So we're going to have a quick turnaround and a quick segment ahead so we make it back in time for the new head coach of the Washington Commanders. Again, Dan Quinn coming up here on the Team 980, the Odyssey app, 106.7 HD2, and the Team980.com slash listen. Lots of ways for you to listen live to the new voice and the new head coach of the Washington Commanders. Dan Quinn, he's straight ahead. Stay with us. All right, Commanders head coach Dan Quinn going to join us in about 12 minutes. Make sure you stay tuned. Don't go anywhere, baby. We've got you covered. Dan Quinn, 12 or so minutes away, right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Before we get to a quick phone call about the Wizards and the NBA trade deadline, again, I have no idea why the NBA trade deadline is today. A dumb, stupid decision. Whoever made this, uh, please, please, readjust the prism. Uh, Have some awareness, please. Uh, The 49ers, according to the San Francisco Chronicle, as we talked about with Carton, uh, and the field, and and we'll talk to, uh, we'll try and get in a question about this with Dan Quinn. Something sort of tied to this. The 49ers had a fire alarm go off at about 6 a.m. at their hotel at the Hilton Lake Las Vegas Resort and Spa this morning, which is about six miles east of the Strip. The alarm went off at about 6 a.m. Was silenced after roughly 10 minutes. Now, guests didn't have to leave their rooms. Because uh, I guess engineering was able to deduce, according to uh, a hotel employee, uh, to the Chronicle that it was a false alarm and there was no evac. I got to be honest with you, right? I mean, they say sleep is really important. I think most of us recognize how important sleep is. At 6 a.m., you think any of those players? Now, the coaches, I'm sure, were up watching film, doing whatever they've got to do. You think any of those players were up at 6 a.m.? Probably not. I think some of them might getting their morning stretches and all that kind of stuff. Maybe. When I mean given, 
I was swimming is a different sport entirely. Yeah. You practice at a different time, all yeah. that. But well, they usually have an 8 a.m. meeting wherever you're at. So I, I would assume that's what schedule they're on just yeah. to provide some context. But I know when I was training, I like to be up about an hour or two so that I could get full stretches and everything and actually be awake for whatever I needed to be awake for. Uh, that I mean, that's fair. I would think 6 a.m. in a hotel where your meetings are going to be in that hotel. Yeah, it might be a little Might too be much. a little bit too early. Or if they were still sleeping, guess what wasn't happening afterwards? Oh, you're not going back to sleep after a fire alarm. That's, exactly. Yeah. And 10 minutes, you know, is a significant time to, you know, be dealing with a, uh, not a fake alarm. I don't want to say I mean, it. Even after waking up and all that kind of stuff, your heart rate's going because there's no chance you don't know if that was real or fake. So That's... you're too busy. Well, they didn't have to evacuate their room. So apparently somebody must have gotten the word to them that they didn't have to, ev- you know, usually, well, what happens all the time, not usually, is the teams, even when we would go on the road with the Redskins for a regular season game, there would, you know, there were security officials that traveled with us on the plane and that were part of the trip. And they would be outside, you know, they they would be outside the hotel rooms on the player's floor or whatever so that they could communicate something like that. A hundred percent. But you're a well-lived man. You've traveled a lot. I'm assuming that you've been in a place with a false fire alarm go off before. Yes. Were you, even when you were told, oh, this isn't real, hold tight, were you at all calm during it? Or initially did you have like a, oh gosh, and then your heart rate spiked? Well, yeah, I think if you're told, hey, it's no big deal, it's fine, they've got it, whatever, it's just a, you know, whatever. heart rate goes up regardless. Yeah, but I think you you calm down after that initial like, oh crap, is there really a fire that we have to evacuate while I'm in my skivvies? Yeah. You know? And then you don't don't really go back to sleep because that heart rate, you're like, whoo! Right. And if you uh, and if for whatever reason you didn't sleep good that night or you were up late playing video games or God forbid actually studying your playbook or the game plan, you know, for the biggest game of your life, maybe you slept three hours, maybe you slept four hours, and then your body's just out of whack and out of rhythm. I, I only I only bring this up because between the practice fields and now this there seems to be a lot of distractions and a lot of like things out of the control of the San Francisco 49ers and maybe certainly this out of the control of the NFL although the NFL chooses these hotels and places them, you know, whatever. It just seems like and I mean the storyline is just shaping up in my mind, right? That the 49ers I don't want to say are definitely going to come out flat on Sunday. But I would not be surprised if they come out flat. I wouldn't be surprised. One thing that I will say just from my experience with being an athlete, before a major event, the 48 hours before are the most important for sleep because Mm -hmm. that's what is going to actually affect. So really tonight and tomorrow night sleeps are the most important for getting into the game kind of deal. So yesterday, not good. Not a good thing. But they should have enough time to get the appropriate sleep and everything to be properly caught up as long as this doesn't then impact more things down the road. That this is unfortunate, a circumstance that should have obviously been avoided, but to say that this is going to be a cause for that is not as viable as 
their practice field being a sponge. I, I, I totally agree with you. I'm just saying kind of the combination of things. It's you wild know? how much um, the universe is trying to fight against yeah, the 49ers right, right? now. I mean, it, it just seems like everything is coming up Chiefs. Now, again, want to be careful. That does not guarantee a flat performance or a loss or what have you. All right. I'll tell you what. Uh, Lap, hang in there. We'll get to you on the other side. Um uh, with the Wizards, the Wizards, you know, I, I mean, it's an important trade, but it's not as important as the Super Bowl, and it is not as important as making way for the new commander's head coach. That is Dan Quinn, or DQ as they call him. He is straight ahead right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. We'll take the break a little bit early here so we have as much time as humanly possible with, again, Dan Quinn, who's coming up next right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Stay with us. Good to have you with us right here on the Team 980 as we approach 215. Again, Commander's head coach Dan Quinn expected to give us a call in just a moment or two. So stay tuned uh, for that. Uh, and hopefully we'll uh, be able to have a good conversation with him. Tried to come up with as many different questions as I could that weren't asked at the press conference. I'm not sure if I'll cross or you know, whatever, but you, you get the point. I mean, we're going to try and give you, uh, you know, as many different questions as we can and get as much different perspective uh, from the new head coach of the commanders who, uh, you know, listen, I, again, as you know, I was very much in support of, uh, I'm very happy that he's here. Um, you know, I'm sure that didn't hurt in terms of securing this interview. Let's be honest. Um, but, uh, you know, I, it's not like I don't have questions, it's not like it's not like I think this will be a slam dunk. It's not like I think this will be easy peasy lemon squeezy. It's not like you don't look around and say, "Look, if they don't get the quarterback right, it doesn't matter how energetic and how awesome and how much of a leader of men Dan Quinn is." But I know this. I know this that they have a much, much, much greater chance of getting the quarterback and then the surrounding cast right under this leadership team. I know that. And that's partly Adam Peters, and that's partly Dan Quinn, and that's partly Josh Harris. That's what it is. You know, so, I mean, there's no guarantees. There's never any guarantees. All right, we got him. Okay. All right, let's do this uh, right here on the Team 980. Pleased to welcome in for the very first time the new head coach of the Washington Commanders. Woo! Absolutely. A little Ric Flair woo for him uh, as well. I like as, it. <laughs> that's what we do, Coach, for first-time callers. And you're a first-time caller. You just happen to be a very important first-time caller, so we give you the Ric Flair woo. How are you, sir? <laughs> oh, double Ric Flair woo. <laughs> I go. like it, Chris. And uh, that is awesome, man. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm really pumped to be on with you guys today. So um, add an extra little Ric Flair into it. Come on, what are we talking about? Uh, I love it. I love it. And uh, I, I have a feeling that soundbite that you just gave us will be played a lot over the next coming months or something. We're, we're pretty excited about that. Uh, great to have you on. Congratulations, obviously, uh, to you. And thanks for doing this. I know you've done a bunch of this stuff. Uh, so I appreciate you and Sean uh, making time for us uh, on this Thursday. Um, 
So, you know, one of the things that struck me, you know, we talked a lot about you, Dan, you know, and uh, I knew a lot of this, but when I heard Adam Peters say the other day, you're a great leader, communicator, teacher, developer, and overall person. He mentioned this during the press conference during his opening thing. I wondered, which of those traits do you take the most pride in as Dan Quinn? That's cool. I would say uh, anybody who calls you a great person, I think that would stand, you mm-hmm. know, because uh, that's how you that's how you live your life. You know, that's not just on the sideline or on the practice field or in the meeting rooms, but how you get it on, you know, with everybody. And so um, I would say that that's a nice thing to hear behind your name any anytime. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, you know, and again, a lot of people knew about that, but to hear Adam Peters say it, uh, it just struck me as something important. And, and, and I'm glad, uh, you know, that we were able to ask uh, about it. Um, so you said also on Monday uh, that you were hoping that the commanders would call uh, and they called actually before Adam was hired you know, clearly Josh and his group, you know, they were excited, you know, to work with you and to get to know you uh, a little bit better. And again, you have all these great relationships. Did your view of this job, Dan, change at all when you knew Adam was coming along, even though he's never been a GM, just considering everything that you had kind of been through, in a, uh, as far as I know, in a positive way with Thomas Dimitrov, who I had on the show uh, earlier this week? Did that did that get you extra juiced for this job? No doubt. And uh, yeah, TD, I love him. And uh, so I know firsthand you know the importance of that and uh you know when you're you know in pro ball like that connection you know it's ownership it's the general managers the head coach and it's all of that you know blending together to set the course on what the you know the vision for the organization could be and so when you're in lockstep and shoulder to shoulder with people that are saying the same thing the same message of how you do it and like these are the standards and the way that you go like that's a good feeling and uh i think you know this chris has a the best of the best teams have that. And uh, you got to work at it just like any relationship. It takes work. It takes time. But you have to make sure, man, like you are 100% supporting each other and going for it. And I knew that would be the case uh, with Adam and just his background and our common, you know, you know, people that we, you know, talk ball with. So we see it aligned the same way. Uh, we communicate in an easy, natural way. And so um, the, the stronger, or excuse me, the longer it goes, the stronger that it gets. And uh, we're really pumped to, to be rocking this thing together. Helps to have Kyle Shanahan among others as those common bonds, right? I mean, I mean, I love Kyle. I worked with him, you know, pretty much side by side and him and his dad for four years around here uh, inside the building uh, in a, in a different lifetime uh, ago. But I, I mean, you know, I, I assume Kyle was instrumental in saying, Hey, you two would be a perfect match. Is that fair? That's fair. And, uh, you know, like all things, like it, it does help sometimes to have, I'm sure in your business too, like just knowing there's some, uh, at times probably a little bit of six degrees of separation. Sure. And when you know it's right, man, you push it. And it's different to say, yeah, that's a good dude or that. But like sometimes you just know when people can mesh and fit mm-hmm. together uh, to support one another and balance ideas off. And uh, Kyle certainly knew that. He knew both of us well. And so that was, you know, definitely something he said, I, 
I think this should happen with you two. This this makes too much sense. Commanders head coach Dan Quinn, nice enough to join us on the BetQL guest hotline here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Uh, Dan, you grew up in Jersey. I'm an I'm a Eastern Long Island guy, so not too far away. Uh, but then you went to Salisbury. I mean, everybody's seen the picture. You coached at William and Mary, where you had you know um, uh, where, where you had a couple of NFL head coaches and Mike Tomlin and Sean McDermott. Not bad company uh, to join you. Plus, I found out you had a baseball GM and Brian Shalcross uh, on that team. What fueled you? along your way um, to be the kind of person and to be the kind of uh, coach and the kind of innovator, if you will, that you are? I would say it probably started early, man. Like as the youngest of six, I knew early on, man, I love being part of a team. I absolutely love it. And so I think there's, I've been over on over 70 teams in my life, Mm. you know, from starting when you're, you know, seven years old and Pop Warner and Little League and playing hoops or whatever it is all the way through to today. And so I think that, you know, feeling of accomplishing things together, that's what I love the most. And so I, you know, coming up, I competed in football and track and field in college. And so it was a good balance, you know, with football and track, you had to go do your own thing, but it always was football because of that connection with the people and the things that you do together. And, you know, I, you know, go back a long time to high school and and college guys, but like, who do you keep up with? some old teammates and those are some guys that you fought with and bled with and uh, just went through the struggle with and went through the success with. And so those are, you know, some of the people that I connected with the most early. And then it's still the case today, whether I was, you know, coaching college ball or pro ball, um, you know, hearing from people maybe that you hadn't spoke to in a long time, but them wanting to reach out and connect about it. Like, you can step into those conversations so quickly and so easily. Mm-hmm. And I think that's to me where, why I love coaching. It's the, the people that you get to do it with. And uh, it absolutely lights me up. Like, yeah, you get to go perform at the highest level. And that's, that's as fun as it gets being right on the edge of it all, man. Uh, well, and and that's a great answer, obviously. But that leads into an, an, another question. Uh, two, uh, you know, great coaches that that I've been able to maintain relationships with, uh, and and worked with and got to know. Uh, ben Kotwika, who's now in Denver. Uh, Chase Hazlitt, Jim's son, who's was on with you uh, in Dallas. Um, you know, they both told me weeks ago, before I even knew that you were going to be a contender for this job, that you were the best leader that they've ever been. And as I'm sure you know, Ben, you know, obviously fighter jet pilot in Afghanistan and all that, what he's been around, amazing. Where does that skill come from uh, in terms of you being the great leader that you are known to be? And and, and how was that kind of born uh, in in your, I guess, mentality? I guess maybe as you get a little older, it, it can change a little bit. You know, early on, I think it's leadership and what can I say or what can I do to show that? And there's definitely, Chris, a place for that. Like there's times you got to lead. This is how we're going to go get it on. This is what we got to go do. And you push, mm-hmm. you know, to get there. There's also another side of that, you know, to, to see other, and especially like on a team sport or in an environment like this, is that you see and help develop the leadership in others. And now that's, to me, Chris, where the best of the best teams come from, where leadership doesn't come, you know, from the top. I'll set the course. Uh, trust me, I will. But we'll be really, really good when we're excellent in the locker room mm-hmm. first. And that's going to take out into the meeting rooms and then onto the practice field and the way that we go compete together. And so the way that we push one another and lead one another, that's when you can become excellent. And uh, the best of the best teams do that, knowing there's different parts 
for you and I or anybody else on a team to lead. And if nobody's leading, well, guess what, Chris? It's your time to lead it. And so those are the moments that I look for to push people into that because I think sometimes it can be a scary feeling going out there to, to lead it. That doesn't mean you have to do it every single mm-hmm. moment of every single day, but you do have to be ready when your number's called to say, this is my time. I will take it. I will lead the way here. And, and when you do that and you have a number of people that push really, really high standards, then you can do some special stuff. And that's what we're about, man. And so that's why I'm so lit up to, to get rolling with everybody here. We're working hard to get the staff in and we want to, you know, certainly inject leadership and opportunity and competition and chemistry with them. And that should filter down into the players and the same thing will happen. So uh, it's a process to go through and it takes, you know, an organized structure to do that. But uh, I got a really clear vision of how we're going to go get that done. Uh a couple of football things, actually, on the field. I know you're obviously just getting your feet wet and trying to, you know, like you said, hire the staff and find out what you have. But you were in the division. You saw this team twice a year. Um, I, you know, I know mostly you're studying the offense, but do you have a fingerprint, if you will, for and maybe that's the wrong term, a finger on what went wrong for this defense last year specifically? Is is there anything that you can put to, like, the communication, um, just young guys on the back end, uh, you know, maybe not as much pass rush, the trades of Chase Young and, and Montez Sweat? Is there anything looking back that you say, man, that was a good – that was a top five defense a year ago, and then it all fell apart? You know, Chris, honestly, it just – it starts now for me Yeah, and going through the team. That's like, was my first, you know, point that I wanted to get done with. So we made individual cutups on every player mm-hmm. on the team, including the practice squad to make sure if they didn't have game reps, I wanted to see what unique skills that a person has and how do we fit those in within a system. And so getting to learn the players, that's what this is about. And that's how 2024 begins is, you know, looking at the roster, there are some talented people here, and how do we put them in the right spots to say these are the things that you do exceptionally well? Yeah, you have to work on the weaknesses, but I would much rather try to feature a player on the things that they do well mm-hmm. than the things that they're still working on. Doesn't mean we're not working on them, but it does mean, hey, can this person change positions? Can we put him into this technique? And that ultimately is what it's all about, man. So finding the the unique traits that these guys have. And then we're going to work our ass off to make sure we develop it, we push it to go. But that's the first order, like find the uniqueness that make these NFL players like why they're here. And then once we get it, can we train them to do it over and over again? And then we're going to keep adding guys into that, that push one another, push the standards. And we want to make it just the most competitive environment that we've can and the most competitive environment they've ever been in. And so it'll be uncomfortable at times, but it'll be a lot of fun. You know, also as you're going through it, but those are the moments, Chris, I think that you grow mm-hmm. when really hard, really competitive, and like then it becomes this new standard of how you get it on. And that's what we'll do. So as far as the past, you know, like it starts now for me. And so I wasn't here and I'm not gonna have any bias about anything. And I wanna make sure we're going in like, man, we're all starting this off season program together and it's gonna be hard, it's gonna be tough, it's gonna be exactly um, the things that you need to do to play excellent. And so those are the sacrifices that, that you'll do, but we're also going to have a hell of a time doing it. Um, Dan Quinn with us, commander's head coach, for another couple of minutes. We appreciate uh, his time. Um, 
So your defense, you know, at times this year in Dallas was able to be run on. I think everybody saw what obviously happened during the playoff game, a couple other games, Buffalo down the stretch, what have you. Um, but you just talked about cut-ups and everything going from here. So as you come here, Dan, knowing that you're so good at generating takeaways or you always have been, knowing that you've changed and kind of morphed maybe your defensive scheme and coverages from what you had with the Legion of Boom and then Atlanta and then into Dallas, how do you uh, – how do you get past the mentality that there is no perfect scheme, no perfect player, and that you just have to adjust to the punches that are thrown at you and while also doing what you do best? I think it's one of the best parts of, of coaching, Chris, because the learning never stops. So this is not a job where we do the same thing yesterday, we'll do the same thing two years from now, we'll do the same thing. There's always things to keep developing, mm-hmm. keep pushing, and so like, why do you see these, you know, some of these coaches doing it so long? They're evolving and adapting, and the same things we did 10 years ago and 20 years ago is not exactly the same now. If you look at offense and the way that you know, teams try to create space and get the ball into, you know, for running catch plays, like if you're going to do that defensively, you better be a really good tackling team. And so right now, one of the concerns is like special teams isn't having the big, you know, field position impact that it may used to have. And so how do you make those? plays on teams really make a difference and uh as you know like how many games are so close in our league tons of like the place kicking the punt in the field position creating takeaways like Mm -hmm. it all factors in and so that's what's like the cool part is not just like i've never thought of it just yards it's it's how many points you can score and what's you know on defense same thing how many points allowed and creating takeaways on defense and ball hawking and like the effort to go get it that's all part of it man to put this whole program together but the learning never stops, and that's what makes this profession fun because it's not going to be the same today. And then when you and I talk, you know, five or six years from now, mm-hmm. remember we talked 24? <laughs> that's, that's different, bro. Like, yeah. we're doing some different stuff. Not like we're, you know, using jetpacks, but it's like it's not the same. Right. You know, so I want right. to make sure, like, the best of the best keep evolving, and uh, we'll certainly do that. Like, that's part of, like, innovating, isn't it? Just keep digging on it, keep finding, a, you know, a little edge. And sometimes – those margins, Chris, to go from one spot to another, they're small, but you got to nail those if you're going to get really good. No doubt. Commanders head coach Dan Quinn with us. Um, uh, so there's a national report out there. I, I don't know how much you pay attention to this, that Brian Johnson, the former Eagles offensive coordinator, is coming aboard as your quarterback's coach. A, could you confirm that for us? And, and B, how hard has this process been now that you have, you know, once you get Cliff and once you get, um, you, you know, your defensive coordinator, uh, you know, in who obviously you knew, um, how difficult of a process has this been? You know what? It's a, it's, I don't know if it's difficult. It's, it's an excellent one because as you're going through this, think of uh, yourself as you're picking a team, you know, as, you know, it's like we go through the draft, and although it's not a draft, getting the right people on the bus, you know, then mm-hmm. we can put them in some seats. But that's what it is to me. Like, let's find some really, really good coaches. And not everybody's the same. You know, it's, you know, communication, the teaching, the development, the technical side. So all of that um, is there. And so um, when you put it, you don't, you just want enough versatility. It's like, you know, putting a good team together. You want enough of this, enough of that. And so making sure however, you know, you want to play that you got the right people in spots. So, um, yeah, we got work to do. We're, we're going to be, we've been busy so far and we'll continue to be to push it to find the right guys here. And what's really cool for you and for the fan base there are people that really, really want to be here. And uh, I think that should speak to what, you know, this organization, where it's headed. 
and what's going to go down because people feel that energy that's going to come on. And so uh, behind the scenes, you'd be uh, you and your fan and fans would be really pumped to know that like people are really pushing to be a part of this. And uh, I think that's a really good sign. We got a lot of work to do, but that's a behind the scenes. That's a that's a pretty cool thing to have. Yeah, and and you know that's how I opened up my show today. Uh, again, you know everybody makes a big deal whether you were the first choice, this choice, or what. I don't care. You wanted to be here. Adam Peters wanted to be here. Josh Harris, I know, wants to be here. And his ownership group wants to be here. And this is something, Dan, I'm sure you're aware, we haven't had around here in a long time. And, you know, that is the most exciting thing for me uh, as somebody who does what I do is that we have guys that aren't here just to collect a paycheck and to have glory. You want to restore the tradition of this franchise. And like for me, growing up on the NFC East, it's uh, it's such a cool division, man. There's there's natural rivals that take place, and there's natural competition, and you know, so all of these things together, um, you know, kind of make why being here is so good. Mm-hmm. So um, I can't wait to get rolling with everybody, honestly. So uh, the first step for me is is the staff, and then you know, we're obviously the next step is evaluating the players who are here and finding the unique stuff that they have, and can we utilize some scheme and some things to put them into position to do their thing. And we'll add some guys in free agency. We'll add guys into the draft, but what's fun about it, like it keeps going, man. And you keep pushing it and you keep digging and that's where we're at. Uh, last thing for you. And then we'll let you run. We appreciate it. Um, it bothered me to no end. Uh, you, well, you know, people view you or, and others who had uh, a previous head coaching stint. Oh, a retread this, that, the other. I, and I said, no, 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 don't use that word. I use experienced. Uh, I know how valuable that is. Um, and, and also, I love defense, and I still think defense is a huge part of the game. Does it bother you when you hear things about you can't hire a defensive-minded head coach, you can't hire an experienced head coach, you got to hire somebody that's 35 and novel ideas and all this stuff? I think what it does to me, like, and I'm sure a lot of us on here, you know, when you do something for the first time, there's things that are good, things that aren't, but there's all these lessons, man, and yeah. you want to go out. You want to learn them and you want to apply them. And so when you get to do that, um, and not everybody gets that opportunity to do that, you really have a chance to, to do some excellent things. And so that's what I'm, you know, certainly intending on doing. But, um, hey, I get it. You know what's fun? Winning. And uh, that's what matters. And so um, we're not going to do anything other than just work as hard as we can to make sure we get that done. So uh, we can – reevaluate what good hires are and good drafts are and all that in the years to come. But man, there's nothing like getting it on and getting those wins. So that's, that's what, that's what the measuring stick is. It's a performance business, man. And I can't wait to get rolling. Looking forward to it, Dan, really appreciate your time. I know it's been a, you know, a hellacious week, a good hellacious week. I know you got a lot of work to do, but I appreciate you making time for us. Uh, Thank you so much. And, and and to Sean as well, obviously for helping out uh, making some time for us. Really appreciate it. Welcome to Washington. Chris, appreciate it, man. I look forward to uh, to staying connected and uh, and visiting with you guys again, man. So Absolutely. we just get started, brother. Absolutely. Good luck. Appreciate it. Dan okay. Quinn, the new head coach of the Washington Commanders with us here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. We appreciate him and uh, Commanders PR, Sean, uh, for making that happen for us. Uh, he's done a bunch of these, so I don't take it lightly that he created about, you know, 17 or 18 minutes uh, for us. Uh, listen, I-, I couldn't ask everything. I tried. 
You know, I mean, if I had another 15 minutes, I could get a lot more in. I tried to kind of bend as much as I could. Maybe I could have asked shorter questions, but I hope at least you got a different perspective than maybe what you may have walked away with from his conversation with Craig yesterday or from a nearly hour-long press conference on Monday and all the TV interviews uh, that he did. Again, we're just trying to give you information and perspective. None of it means wins or losses, but you see, you see why that dude is likable. You see why people are going to gravitate towards him. And if you don't see it, you don't want to see it. That's all there is to it. You don't want to see it. So thanks to Dan Quinn uh, for joining us. All right, time for a trending alert, and then we will be able to take some phone calls. If you have a reaction to anything you heard, please, let's do it right here at 301-230-0980 on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right, and again, it is uh, NBA trade deadline day, dropped in the middle of Super Week and everything in between. The Wizards have reportedly made a deal to send Daniel Gafford to the Dallas Mavericks uh, in exchange for a young center named Rashawn Holmes and some draft compensation uh, for uh, in return, rather, for Gafford, who averaged 10.9 points a game, eight rebounds, and two Point two blocks for the Wizards this year. Meanwhile, the Caps back on the ice tonight after a disappointing return from the All-Star break of the bye week on Tuesday at home. Tonight, they're in sunrise against the Eastern Conference champion Florida Panthers here at 106.7 of the Fam and the Odyssey app at 7 o'clock. And you just heard from Commander's head coach Dan Quinn. If you missed any of it, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature. We'll have it podcast for you at theteam980.com. Uh, but you heard Brian Johnson, we asked about that. He didn't exactly confirm it, but Brian Johnson, the former Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator, said to be the new quarterbacks coach of the Washington Commanders under Cliff Kingsbury and Dan Quinn. And that's what's trending. All right, we are back. So what do you guys think about Dan Quinn? Uh, we had a chance to obviously have him on uh, for 16, 17 minutes. Again, didn't get to ask everything that we would have liked to have asked in a perfect world. And obviously, I mean, again, the guy's just getting here. He Like the first order of business is just like, you know, as we, we, we he talked about on Monday, being where your feet are or whatever the statement is, you know, finding your north. I mean, could you imagine trying to take over as a head coach of an organization that is in complete changeover method, right? Uh, I mean, and, and and having to do all these interviews and being asked about scheme and what player he liked and, and you know, and, and what before he's had a practice, before he – but the one thing he said to Craig yesterday and he mentioned again to us already in the three days that he's been on the job officially – or I shouldn't say, he, of course, was on the job as of – last Thursday morning, but he hadn't signed the contract until, you know, uh, Saturday or whatever it was. So, but I'm sure he was doing work in between. Individual cut-ups of every player, including on the practice squad, right? So that we can evaluate what these players did, whether they got into games or not, so that we know what we have, what we're starting from, a base of what we're starting from. Now, that may seem like some minutia to you, that may and, – and maybe every head coach – I have no idea if Ron did that. I have no idea, okay? And maybe it's just something that everybody does. I, you know, I don't remember that 
But you know that with the technology we have today, that it is, I'm sure, very time-consuming, but also very easy to clip together 10 plays, 12 plays, 15 plays, whatever plays, of a guy, you know, if you want to say, hey, I've seen Khalid Hudson from the sideline. I think he can do some things, but how does he fit into my scheme? Is he a guy that we should consider re-signing? Hey, Adam, what do you think? Uh, because, you know, Adam's probably, Adam Peters probably got his own eval uh, that he's working on. And now Dan Quinn is trying to figure out not only what kind of player this is, does he fit into my scheme, and should we re-sign him? You know, and, and again, it's not a one-day process. It's not an instant snap of the finger process. It's an ongoing process. Um, and when you just got here a couple of days ago, he literally landed Sunday night, right? Even though I'm sure he was doing work to get ready for to start and hit the ground running, there's still only so much time that you have, right, as a human being who's going through upheaval in their lives in order to evaluate the things that the next two months or the next month and a half, really, will tell him a lot more. Meaning, when we get to mid-March, he will have such a greater handle on what he's inheriting and what he has than now, and that's only reasonable, right? So I tried not to get too specific, of course, with questions about, of course, individual players. But you heard a little bit about scheme involvement. You heard about what they're expecting out of players, what he expects, what he hopes for out of leadership, how important the relationship is between he and Adam Peters. You know, and again, I just want to be clear. You know, look, I, I wish I could have asked him more questions. Just, you know, only have so much time. Only have so much time. So uh, I'm sure, um, you know, I'm sure you guys understand that. Um, I, I had more. You know, it's just we were trying to do and get in as many important questions and big picture questions and questions that, again, pull back the curtain a little bit, right? I mean, you know, we're just getting to know Dan Quinn, and I want you guys to be comfortable with Dan Quinn. I want you guys to believe that Dan Quinn is a guy that players are going to want to play for. And not to say that they didn't want to play for Ron Rivera or Jay Gruden or Mike Shanahan, but we all know it's a different society than it was even 10 years ago or even five years ago. It's a different world. You saw players ruffle at Eric Bieniemy, a hard-charging style, right? You saw that. It didn't matter how many Super Bowl rings Eric Bieniemy had and who he worked with. Players inside that building, inside that locker room that are still under contract said, nah, not for me, dog. I don't want to be a part of this. Or I don't like this. I'm going to the head coach. Players are different. People are different. Society is different. So I think head coaching becomes more about a lot of times – what coaches would tell me is head coaching and coaching in general is much more about the Jimmys and the Joes than the X's and the O's. And what they meant by that is, hey, you know what? Finding a way to tap into 
every individual player on your roster in your building. Finding a way to tap into their best. That's what you heard Dan mention. Finding a way through those individual cut-ups until he gets them in the building and until he gets them on the practice field. That's the way he can get to know them. I mean, obviously, they can talk on the phone or whatever. Whatever they're going to do. But that's the way you build this team and you rebuild this team. And I know he doesn't want to use rebuild, but that's the way you build this team. That's the way you reinvigorate the roster and start the march pointing north, the arrow pointing north, as he talked about. Because you can only control what you can control. And I thought... I thought it was interesting to hear his perspective about team building, leadership. Again, the defensive perspective, how his defense has evolved, what you have to do to keep up, the innovation, staying ahead of the trends, all of that. So if you missed any of it, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature to 215 on the Team 980. Obviously, We'll have it cut up for you and a big story on it at theteam980.com, uh, and it'll be podcast, and you can listen to it. I appreciate everybody that checks it out and everybody that was listening uh, on the stream and on the Team 980. All right, 245. What's up? Oh, it's already out there now? Okay. Well, Matt is so good that he's already got it podcast at theteam980.com in the podcast section. Just go to Chris Russell there. Or at the Odyssey uh feature or at the Odyssey app or I should say uh and just go to the team 980 and you will be able to find our conversation with Dan Quinn also while you're here make sure you listen to Craig's interview with Dan Quinn yesterday uh and we have so much good content for you uh if you're a Commanders fan we're providing you the best content I, I promise you that you know we can and that there is so uh, bottom line I mean obviously we'll talk about the Super Bowl we'll talk about the Wizards trade deadline but this is a Commanders town we all know it you heard Dan at the end you know mention how he grew up in New Jersey NFC East, all that, it means something to this dude. I'm telling you, I I keep telling you, and I will always keep telling you, I don't care where he was on any list. I don't care about lists. I care about where he is right now and that he wanted this job. And you heard him talk about the relationship with Adam Peters and what that means and why that is important. But you also hear about, in his voice, what this organization, what this franchise means. And what hopefully this fan base will get to experience. Hopefully. No guarantees that it works out. But I think you got the right guy. And I will not back down from that. And if they're 4-12 this year or 4-13 or whatever, I still won't back down from that. It's going to take a long time for me to probably, you know, maybe I'll have more reservations. But it's going to take a long time for me to say, "Eh, that's not the right guy. Not the right guy. It wasn't the right fit. All right, 301-230-0980. So your reaction to... Dan Quinn, Commander's head coach, joining us. And we'll get some Wizards thoughts. Jay Gruden coming up next hour as well. We'll mix in a little Dan Quinn talk and, as well, Super Bowl 58. Right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right, again, uh, appreciate Dan Quinn joining us. If you missed it, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature on the Team 980 on the Odyssey app to 215. Maddie's got a podcast up there already for you, so hit that up, team980.com. 
uh, just go to the podcast section or, again, uh, of course, on the Odyssey app. Appreciate uh, them coming aboard. Your reaction to that as well. Wizards trade deadline. Jay Gruden still to come. Uh, and, yes, we, we won't just all talk about Dan Quinn, but we will talk about Dan Quinn, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, moving forward, what is important, what is not important, and, of course, Super Bowl 58, and we'll wrap around your phone calls. Let's get to it right here before the top of the 3 o'clock hour as our guy Lap has been on hold for a while. What's up, Lap? How are you? Hey, what's up, Rooster? How are you, hey, Good interview with Dan Quinn, man. Thanks, I man. know you probably had some more questions. We, we wanted to hear some more from him, too, man, but um, I, I, I like the guy, man. I mean, after sitting on it, kind of digesting it for a few days, man. You know, I, I like the hire, man. And um, I'm intrigued if, if he can get some ex-Cowboys uh, players to come up here, man, too, like a Michael Parsons, man. Uh, ooh, that would be dope. But uh, Well, I mean, I mean, listen, they're going to pick up the, the fi- they're going to pick up the fifth-year option, the Cowboys, for next year. So any thoughts of Micah Parsons yeah. coming here isn't going to happen for two years. I would imagine if he's still as oh, productive yeah, yeah, as yeah. he is, you know, at the very minimum, yeah. they would put the franchise tag on him. So that's unlikely. I, I guess, yeah. I, I guess what 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 we want, right? Lap is the next Micah yeah. Parsons is the next chess piece that is similar to Micah Parsons. Uh, and and that'll be very 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 difficult because I don't see that at two. But if they trade down, yeah. you know, you never know who you might wind up with in terms of a versatile chess piece that Dan can use from different launch points to be kind of the maybe not the anchor, but to be his version of Micah Parsons. Yeah, yeah, that that's true too. I mean, he's just well respected too, and um. There's a lot of people that will, will, will go to war for him, so that would be interesting to see, you know, what players we acquire, you know, whether it's draft or free agency or just players that just respect him, man, that will want to come here. I think that would be dope. Uh, as far as the Wizards, man, um, I'm a Miss Gafford, man. I really liked him, you know. I know he was in foul trouble. You know, he's starting to kind of come into his own. And he's on a good team, so he'll be able to display his talent. Hey, Roos, there's a lot of ex-Wizards that uh, got traded today, man. Yes, Otto there Florida. is. Yes, there is. Spencer, I, I forgot Marcus about Otto. Moore. You're right. Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, uh, Troy Brown Jr., Marcus yep. Morris, a bunch of them. Yep. Yeah, Badanovich, I, I always liked him, man. So I'm really happy that um, He's not in Detroit, and he can actually be on the Knicks and be with a playoff contender. Yeah. Um, I don't know what direction uh, we can go. Hopefully some of those picks that we got in the Bradley Bill trade and some of the ones we did with our recent trades, man, hopefully it uh, it pays dividends for us, man. I, I think I, everybody I you. Thank- will, will. Yep. Thank you, Lappy. I appreciate you. I got to I gotta let you run. Here, here's one thing that I just want to add. You know, it's Rashawn Holmes who they got back from Dallas. I mean, I don't know much about him, but he's 30 years old. I didn't realize he was that old. Former second-round pick back in 2015. He only averages three and a half points a game, three and a half rebounds a game. So there's not there, uh, not a lot there. And he's only uh, listed as 6'9". So it's not like he's seven foot, you know, or 6'11". Um, yeah, I, I mean, he doesn't play a whole lot, you know. I mean, 10 minutes a game. I know the games don't matter and the results don't matter with the way the season has unfolded, but with Marvin Bagley out for the last three games, no Gafford, 
Mm. Size, rebounding, defense. Going to be ugly. Going to be ugly. And they got the Miami Heat, I think, tomorrow night, if memory serves me correct. Oh, no. I'm sorry. At Boston and that big fella, Christoph Sporzingis. <laughs> That's right. It was the Heat last Friday night, uh, not this Friday night. All right. More to come. Team 980, hang tight, little Sean. I see you. Jay Gruden on the way. We talked about Dan Quinn. We talked about Cliff Kingsbury and what to expect out of his scheme and a lot on Super Bowl 58. That is next right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right, back here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app as we approach Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas on Sunday afternoon. Of course, between the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs game, you can hear pregame coverage starting at 2 right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app all day uh, until the final whistle and even the postgame. And joining us right now to break it all down is our pal Jay Gruden on air and on the road. Jay Gruden is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group, Ted Britt Ford in Chantilly and Fairfax, your F-150 headquarters in Ted Britt Chevrolet in Sterling, all home to Ted Britt for life, lifetime vehicle coverage. See and shop them all at tedbritt.com. How are you, Jay? I'm doing good. Beautiful sunny day down here in Florida. Getting ready to go tee it up after this call. I mean, I mean, you know, listen, you 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 live the life that everybody wants to live, Jay. Well, I'm nope. glad to hear that. I am enjoying myself, that's for sure. <laughs> How you hitting them straight, okay? Yeah, just can't putt, but I'm hitting pretty good. All right, good. Uh, I, I know you had a nice trip. Uh, this is why we didn't catch up with you last week. You were down in the Bahamas. You kicked some ass down there, right? Yeah, I had a great time. You know, our club in Creighton Farms, we had about 15, 20 people go down there and competed against other clubs, and Creighton Farms took home the belt. That Very a cool. boy. Yeah. Jay, Gr- Jay Gruden, a champion once again. How about that? How about Did you get- that? Did you get like one of those WWE championship belts that they now give the football teams and whatever? We did. The club gets to keep it for a year until next nice. year's tournament. I yep. like it. I like it. All right. Um, so while you were gone and while we didn't get to catch up with you, <laughs> surprise, the commanders have a new head coach. You, of course, once served in that role uh, for five plus years. What do you think Dan Quinn is taking on here? Uh, granted, a very different situation than what you had to absorb. Yeah, you know, the good thing about Dan is he's been a head coach before, so he has that valuable experience. Uh, he hired a good, experienced play caller in uh, Cliff Kingsbury, so that's a good start, and he's going to finish out his staff. But uh, he's got a lot of work to do, obviously. But the most important job they have is that number two pick and what they're going to do with that draft pick moving forward for this organization because it'll make or break uh, Dan's tenure with Washington. If they, if they fail on that second pick in the draft, he'll be there for about two or three years. If they hit on it, he could be there for the next 15 to 20 years. No doubt. Um, I, I mean, I totally agree. Um, now you like, look, everybody's making a big deal that he wasn't the number one choice or whatever. I know he was at the top near the top of their list when they began the process. I don't know. You know, it looks like they offered McDonald as he was on his way to Seattle. It looks like certainly they had, uh, you know, a hankering for uh, Ben Johnson, who then decided, you know, again, to pull out. 
Does that matter in your eyes that he wasn't or that he seems to not be the number one choice of the organization? Or can that be a little bit overblown, I guess? Well, that happens a lot, you know, and, and you just have to you have to rally with the guy that you end up getting. And it's not like Dan's a bad choice. If he's not the number one choice, it's OK. Uh, you know, the other guys chose to go elsewhere, chose to stay in Detroit. That's fine. They ended up getting a very good candidate with a lot of experience, a lot of good positive energy, which they need in that building right now. You know, it's a totally different vibe. I think when you hire a guy like Dan Quinn from Ron Rivera, you know, from myself and all that, Dan or uh, Dan will bring a lot more positive energy, I think. And uh, some new positive stuff is very needed in the D.C. area. One of the things that I think will benefit him is, you know, even though Adam Peters is a first time general manager, he is a <clears throat> a well-thought-of football executive. That doesn't mean he's perfect. They made mistakes in San Francisco. I think everybody understands that. What part he had in it, don't know exactly because he wasn't ultimately the man in charge like he is here. How important is that relationship? Uh, Not only big picture on decisions like the number two overall pick, but just, you know, the back and forth, the roster management of the 53, the input that a head coach has, uh, how important is that relationship for Quinn and Adam Peters just, again, on a day-in, day-out basis, not just on the big decisions? It's everything. It's uh, it's what the teams are made of. The successful teams are successful because of that relationship with the head coach and the general, general manager when it comes to roster management, picking your players, free agents, keeping your players, paying players, uh, the draft, obviously, college free agents. The communication level has to be perfect. It has to be uh, a team decision, obviously, but somebody has to have the final say. They have to work together. They have to have the same values in mind when it comes to picking players. Um, the criteria has to be drawn out perfectly, and everybody has to understand what Dan wants in a player, and the GM has to understand what they want, and they have to work together to find it. You can't have any uh, head head knocking, um, back and forth, negative meetings. It's got to be all positive. It's all got to be about the Washington Commanders moving forward, and Dan has to put out a very – clear, concise uh, version of what he sees in a player, and they have to think Peters has to follow. All right, take me inside, because obviously you had, um, I know, (laughs) we've talked uh, about this. I think everybody's talked. You know, you had some battles, obviously, with the powers that be when you were here. How do you stand on a table for a guy? How do you dig in your heels for a guy, yet not, again, cross these lines that would, would eventually lead to maybe um, a dispute between, you know, a, again, powers that be and you as the head coach, or that might lead to friction lingering on and on. Yeah, no, it's frustrating, but you have to be committed in your work. And, and as long as you put the work in for me to stand on a table for a guy, it's because that I watched a ton of film. I got to know the guy. Uh, obviously I see his production. I see what he can bring to the football team, both on and off the field. That's when you stand up for a guy. You can't just stand up for a guy because of what somebody else said or what a scout said. You have to put the work in yourself and study it. And when you do that, you put all that time and effort into studying these players. And and sometimes you don't get what you want and you get guys that you don't want. It can be very frustrating. That's why I think Dan and uh, Peters moving forward, they have to just have a clear and concise um, vision of what they want in a football player and they have to go get them. And you said, uh, or you indicated you like Kingsbury that, uh, that higher. I mean, I think everybody likes what the scheme can be and he runs the ball a little bit more than you would think right you hear air raid you don't think run they ran the ball plenty in arizona 
It was just other things that caught up to them. Uh, there is some criticism that teams adjusted to his scheme as seasons went along or, you know, and, and, and therefore they would start strong, finish poorly. What is the key? I guess in your mind, if you're Cliff Kingsbury, obviously outside of whatever the relationship is with whatever quarterback he has. Well, obviously it's all personnel driven to me. There's a lot of coordinators that can come in here and call plays and draw up outside zone, inside zone, power plays, uh, quick game screens, drop back game, third and long plays, all that stuff. You can do them. You got to call them effectively, but you got the people to do it. And it starts at the quarterback. Number one, we all know that that's going to be a, a huge topic with the number two pick. And then they got to dress tight end position. They got to try to get a, a, an explosive back. You see what Jameer Gibbs does out of the backfield on third down and second down and all that stuff. And they got to dress the offensive line. So you know, they have a lot of work to do personnel wise, but it starts at the quarterback. And I'm sure moving forward, if they want to run the ball, they got to address the offensive line in a tight end position. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, Jay Gruden with us, again, brought to you uh, by the Ted Britt Automotive Group right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. We'll get to Super Bowl 58 in a sec, but one more. Um, so, you know, there's, of course, and Schefter started it, not that there wasn't going to be. As soon as they hired Kingsbury, there's, aha, Caleb Williams is there. He's from D.C. Uh, he's likely the number one prick. Uh, you know, it's going to start the speculation. And, of course, it's full throttle now that the commanders should move up to number one. If you were Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, in that spot, how hard would you be thinking about right here, right now, moving up to number one? Meaning not making the deal now, but but would that be a serious thought? Or would you say in the back of your mind, yeah, maybe if the price is right, but really that's not, uh, that's too aggressive of a play, I guess. No, I think it'd be a serious thought because if Cliff Kingsbury, who was at USC last year, right. With, with Caleb Williams, sure. uh, if he knows what type of mental makeup he has, he, nobody knows better than him. He worked with him in the same room for a whole year, as far as what kind of preparation he does, how diligent is he, how much does he like football? How much does he work at the game? What's the ceiling? I mean, we know what kind of arm talent he has. What kind of athletic ability does he have? But will he put the work in? And Cliff knows that. So if he knows that this guy is a hard worker, he's got all the skills in the world, then hell yeah, you got to trade up and get him. Because uh, the other two guys, you know, Jaden Daniels and uh, uh, May, I mean, there's some question marks on those guys. But sure. being that he was in those meetings with them for an entire year, if he stands on the table for them, then I think for sure they should try to trade up and get him. But I don't think Chicago will do it. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you. But here's my problem with conviction. Okay. What you're talking about standing on a table, conviction in a player, you know, like you can have all that and, and everything can check out, but we know that the NFL is a completely different game. They play a lot more defense than they do in the pack 12, uh, you know, all of that stuff. Right. So you could turn out to be wrong. And if you have to package a bunch of picks, Jay, you were the victim. When you first got here, you were the victim of a bad trade for Robert Griffin. The third, you guys should have had the number two overall pick when you walked in the building and you didn't. And that, uh, listen, I know you won the division in year two, but that had some sort of impact, right? If that deal doesn't work out for whatever reason, injuries, behavior, performance, whatever, you are screwing yourself. Yeah, it'll cripple your franchise for five to 10 years. Yeah, you're exactly right. And uh, that's the position that if you get right, though, you are going to be, you know, playing in division right. championships for the next 10, 15 years. Sure. Uh, that's the opposite. Sure. That, that's the opposite. So <laughs> exactly. I think that risk is worth taking if you feel very strongly about this kid moving forward. And if he's that type of guy, then I don't think Chicago will move on that pick either, but uh, it's worth a try. Yeah, no, that that's the gamble. And and that leads us into Super Bowl 58, which is in the mega of the Mecca, if I could speak in English of gambling in Las Vegas. 
Uh, Jay, I lived in Vegas for two years back in uh, 1999, 2000, and into 2001. Uh, my son was born there. I love Las Vegas. I was there, you know, covering the Capitals and the Stanley Cup, uh, and it was unbelievably different just in that 15 or so year period. Could you ever imagine a day where we would have a Super Bowl just off the strip? No, I mean, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Vegas is there for a reason and they have this entertainment capital of the world. So why not have a Super Bowl there? So eventually, yeah, I kind of figured so. Um, and the NFL is always looking to make an extra dollar somehow, some way. Really? So, Shocking, yeah. Jay. Yeah. Well, why the hell wouldn't it go to Vegas? I mean, hell. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be a great environment and a great game. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's start breaking it down just uh, while we have you here. I, I Look, I picked against Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs in the AFC title game. I think a lot of people probably did. Uh, and they won and they carved them up on offense in the first half. Didn't do much in the second half. Do you think they could come out against this San Francisco defense and do essentially what they were able to do in that first half of the AFC title game, which is Kelsey, 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 and then a little mix of everything with Pacheco downhill, so on and so forth? Do you think that's they can essentially copy or mimic that game plan and do that to San Francisco? Yeah, they're going to have to try uh, get Pacheco going. That's for sure. Cause you know, the receiving core, she Rice is playing very well, but the other guys are pretty much average. Uh, obviously they're big time players, Travis Kelsey, they'll get him going, but Pacheco is going to be the key. I think to keep San Francisco on a sideline to establish a running game and, and San Francisco's has been kind of weak against the run. You saw green Bay pound it down their throat. So I think Kansas city is going to take that similar approach. Obviously, when that happens, then Kelsey can hit the seams and, and do his option routes like he does and move the chains on third down, which he'll do. But uh, ball control will be the key for Kansas City, and, and Pacheco will be the number one guy. Well, you mentioned Jameer Gibbs earlier in this spot, and 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 on that Jameer Gibbs touchdown in the NFC title game and on the Jamison Williams little shovel pitch uh, toss, you know, where he looped around on the fourth play of the game. You know, mm-hmm. creative design. I'm, I'm not trying to take away anything from Ben Johnson. I said it at the uh, at the minute. But to me, Jay, and, and maybe I'm wrong and I'm seeing it right. My gosh, the 49ers missed probably 13 or 14 tackle attempts on those two plays. They were brilliant plays and they're great athletes. But if San Francisco tackles like that, and, and Isaiah Pacheco is not the athlete that those guys are, but they activated Sky Moore. It looks like they'll have Kadarius Tony back in the fold. And I know that's been some meaning like if you get athletes in space, San Francisco better be able to tackle better than they did specifically in the Detroit game. And even in the green Bay game that you referenced. Yeah, you're right. And some of the pursuit angles were bad and, and they, and they actually questioned some of the effort. Chase Young was questioned for some of his effort on some of those plays. Yeah. That's I don't shocking. Think that'll be an issue in, this, in the super bowl, but you know, I think that if Kansas city can have some success running a football, then San Fran could get a little down on themselves. And then, you know, take the poor angles and missed tackles. The more opportunities you have uh, to possess the ball, obviously, the more opportunities you can get your good athletes in space and for San Francisco to miss tackles. Now, the key, if you're trying to run the ball, obviously, is going to be third down conversions. And that's where Patrick Mahomes is the greatest player on the planet as far as converting third downs, making plays with his legs outside the pocket, unscripted plays. That's who he is. That's what he does. That's why I think it's a great matchup for Kansas City. Jay Gruden with us, uh, brought to you by the Ted Britt Automotive Group right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app as we get you ready for Super Bowl 58. Again, coverage underway at 2 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday afternoon on the Odyssey app and here on the Team 980 all through uh, the game coverage via Westwood One. Trent Williams, you had him, obviously, uh, when you took over here for several years until things you know, fell apart, which obviously had nothing to do with you. Um, 
how meaningful do you think uh, it would be for Trent's legacy career to win a Super Bowl, or is that legacy career fine without a Super Bowl? I think it's fine without one, but I'll just cement the fact that he can go down possibly as the greatest tackle to ever play the game, and I think he is. I don't know how you get better than Trent. You're not going to get stronger. You're not going to get more athletic. You're not going to get smarter. Um, so, yeah, I think he's already in there as the greatest tackle to ever play, but a Super Bowl would do him – uh, just the final nail in the coffin to cement that fact. Um, Brock Purdy, obviously, is a guy that we all talk about. You and I have talked about. I love him. You love. I think you love. Uh, if if memory serves me correct, uh, you, you like him a lot. Uh, but he he can be inconsistent, right? I mean, many quarterbacks yeah. can. But there's a reason why he was the last pick in the draft, right? He's hot and cold at times. How does he avoid? How does he and Kyle Shanahan avoid? the cold Brock Purdy, meaning how do they get him into a rhythm and settle down early in a game of this magnitude against that defense where he's good against the blitz, the numbers, you know, the next gen stats or whatever will tell you he's really good against the blitz. And that's what Spags in Kansas city probably is going to try and do. Right. I would think so. You know, they didn't blitz over a, a huge amount last week um, against Baltimore. They did a great job of stopping the run, um, but I think handing the ball off to Christian McCaffrey and getting Brock some simple completions, whether it's the bubble screens of Debo or the screens out to Christian McCaffrey, some easy completions early, the stick routes to George Kittle, just to get him in a rhythm early would be critical for his confidence. But I don't think Brock really lacks any confidence. I think the last two weeks, Brock has really shown that he can come from behind against Green Bay, came from behind against Detroit, and that'll do wonders if something happens early where Kansas City jumps on him early then I don't think they'll blink. They'll still continue to compete, and they'll have a strong belief that they can't come back because they had come back the last two weeks. So if you're Spags in Kansas City, uh, and you mentioned that they didn't blitz all that much against Baltimore, um, do you because you know that they're probably going to try and emphasize, again, the short, crisp passing game, whether it be slants, whether it be, like you said, bubbles, that type of thing, are you playing your defense a certain way early, expecting that, meaning – play read screen uh the flat routes that type of thing and maybe cheat or anticipate that a little bit more or are you playing straight up and just seeing if you can dictate to them as opposed to them dictating to you i think spags early on will probably play some shell defenses because he don't want to give up the big play early to iuk or debo samuel with the play actions down the field because that's what san fran is really hangs their hat on the running game and the play actions off the running game so i think he's going to try to be a little bit conservative early, stop the run. Sneed's a very good tackler in a secondary. They can play some two shells, and if they get outside, he's a good tackler. Watson's a good tackler. Willie Gay can run sideline to sideline. So they have the ability to stop the run and still play coverage, which I think they'll do early. And then when they get him in third down or they get a lead, he'll throw in his spagnolia blitzes that are very difficult to, to protect against. So I think uh, that's what you're going to see early. Conservative approach by Spags, and then obviously he'll dial up some critical crunch time blitzes. Uh, you've obviously been a part of a Super Bowl uh, and and your brother, of course, as we all know. Um, we know it's not a normal game. Everybody tries to make it a normal game, but it's not a normal game. How how mentally and physically, even from a coaching perspective, different was it? And, and, and how do you kind of separate that and just, again, try and reduce it to as normal game of uh, normal of a game as you can? Well, it starts with the preparation. Uh, the problem is there's nothing normal about the preparation. You're traveling to Las Vegas, for God's sakes, and you're practicing on a different field, but you're trying to keep the preparation, the meeting times exactly the same. Uh, when you're running, run install, when you're doing third down, when you're doing red zone, short yardage, goal line, all that stuff, you keep, keep the same 
uh, program that you've been doing all year long and just continue to preach to your players to it's still about preparation. Then at the time of the game, it's about your effort and enthusiasm and, and your attention to detail. So uh, that's what these two coaches have been great at. Kyle's always good at that. Obviously Andy Reed is a spectacular at getting his team ready to go in critical games. And um, it's going to be fun to watch. All right. You got a pick. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. I think San Francisco at one time this year, they were the best team on by far in the national football league. I'm just a little concerned that they've kind of staggered into the Super Bowl. They barely beat Green Bay. They had to come from behind against Detroit again. They're not playing their best football on defense. I think their defense is struggling a little bit. This Aubrey Thomas, Ambry Thomas guy is getting shredded. Uh, and I think Kansas City, the way they're playing defense and Patrick Mahomes will get it done. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I got Kansas City, uh, too. I learned my lesson last week. I'm sure I'll be wrong. And I'm hoping for Kyle and Trent and, you know, all the guys that um, – you know, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, but um, well, I don't. I guess you didn't have any of those guys in your first year uh, because Bobby Turner left and uh, Chris yeah, Furster no, no. was gone. You know, so I mean, I I'm first, for all. I had Furster. Oh, you had Furster. That's right. Yeah. In 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 year one, that's right. Bobby T left, uh, but you had Furster and and uh, Leonard Hankerson. I think was gone by then. He's part of that coaching. I mean, yeah, rooting for all those guys. And San Francisco's a great story. Oh, one last thing I, I forgot to ask you: How big of a deal mentally, psychologically, whatever, would the, all this field stuff be? Uh, and I know you're not out there, but oh, would that be a a big time problem as the head coach and 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 for your team? Yeah, you just don't want any kind of unnecessary hiccups in the road yeah. that can cause distraction. And that can cause distraction because it is a critical work week. You know, these yeah. guys got to prepare for Spags's dang blitz package and they got a lot of work to do and they got to, you know, come up with new pass concepts, a few of them, they got to get out there and practice. And if the field's not good enough and uh, that can be a problem and a distraction, but I think they'll get over it just fine. On air and on the road, Jay Gruden is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group. Ted Britt Ford in Chantilly and Fairfax, your F-150 headquarters. Ted Britt Chevrolet in Sterling, all home to Ted Britt for life. Lifetime vehicle coverage. See and shop them all at tedbritt.com. Jay, we'll uh, talk again next week after uh, the Super Bowl is actually played out. We'll rehash uh, what we uh, what we saw. Thank you, as always. Glad uh, the golf game is doing well. Great to see you, and I'll talk to you real soon, okay? You got it. Thanks, Chris. All right, that is Jay Gruden, again, brought to you by the Ted Britt Automotive Group, as you just heard there. And our big game coverage right here on the Team 980 is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit at solostove.com. The caps are in action tonight. You'll hear what we hope continues next. Wilson back along far wing. A loose puck in front. Ovechkin scores. A rebound into the right side. And Ovechkin into double digits. That's his 10th of the season. And with 13.57 to go into second of Capitals on the board. It's 3-1. to one. All right, John Walton with the call the other night right here on the team. Uh, on I should say on, on the team 980. On 106.7 The Fan. Uh, and the Capitals Radio Network. And that goal was presented by M Street Bank, Main Street Bank, I should say. Cheer local, bank local, put their team in your office. Visit M Street Bank. I was one step ahead. Dot com for more information. Every time Alex Ovechkin scores, you 
hear it. Maddie mixes it up for you with the uh, goal scoring music and shake, rattle, and roll and all of that in between. Uh, so good to hear. And really, if you think about him, Alex Ovechkin, while the Caps are very sleepy, you heard Jenks during the commercial break with the um, uh, BetQL Minute. Uh, I think that's what they call it. Talking about how Florida is the heavy play tonight for all the reasons. A, Florida is much better. B, it's at home. Florida Panthers have beaten the Capitals seven games in a row, whatever. Right now, I mean, Rasmus Sundin has shown a little bit of pulse here since coming back from the injury. Right now, Ovechkin, with two goals in his last two games, while certainly not something that we haven't seen before, and granted, only 10 on the year, which is just simply not enough in 45 games, up to 832 in his pursuit of Gretzky. At least he's got two goals in the last two games, sandwiched around a long bye week and all-star break. I mean, if there's any hope at this point, it's Alex Ovechkin somehow going on an absolute tear and willing this team to the playoffs, because otherwise it ain't happening. It's just not happening. Again. For a second year in a row. This year started off with a lot of hope and energy and whatever that the Capitals would be much better on the power play. Uh, they're 30th in scoring. <laughs> they're bad on the power play. Obviously not having Backstrom for the last couple of months. Now Kuznetsov. Ovechkin, nobody saw this. Boy, are they in trouble. Uh, I mean, it's all there is to it. I don't need to pile on. They are in big-time trouble. They have, I, I mean, Darcy Kemper and, um, uh, hello, why am I drawing a blank? Um, the other goaltender, my goodness gracious. I hate when that happens. Um, I'll get it in a sec. Pulled the other night. Hello. Charlie Lindgren. Thank you. Thank you, computer, for saving me. Uh, Charlie Lindgren. I mean, it wasn't all his fault. One rang off the post right to the guy. You know, I, they scored two goals in 20 seconds. or I, Like, he was pulled, but he wasn't pulled as much because it was his fault. I just needed to reverse everything. And it worked temporarily. It worked for more than temporarily. It worked for the second period. It got back into it, and then they fell apart again in the third period. Montreal wanted it more. Montreal was better. Tonight, they find a way to win this game. You know, that could go a long way to changing some things around, but that is a tough, tough task. As we mentioned, the Eastern Conference finalists, uh, or Eastern Conference champions, the Florida Panthers, in sunrise uh, for the Caps. Maybe Ovechkin will score for a third play, uh, third game in a row, and we'll get to play that again tomorrow. We will see. All right, time to take a quick timeout, get back on track here. Quick trending alert. And then AWOD will join us from the Super Bowl. He had a big Adam Schefter interview that I wanted to <gasps> tease him about and see what he's up to. He's also hanging out with uh, beautiful blondes. From what I can see on uh, social media. So we want to bust his chops a little bit about that. And we'll try and squeeze in a couple of phone calls uh, for you as well. Right here, right now on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right, so again, the NBA trade deadline today. The Wizards making a move. Daniel Gafford, P.J. Washington traded to the Dallas Mavericks. 
Um, actually, P.J. Washington was from the Hornets, uh, and part of the move uh, was Gafford from the Wizards, P.J. Washington from the Hornets. In exchange, Rashawn Holmes uh, comes over from Dallas. He's 30 years old, plus draft compensation going to the Wizards. We don't know exactly what that draft compensation is, but Gafford averaging nearly 11 points a game, eight rebounds, 2.2 blocks as a Wizards player, of course, right now. They are banged up in the front court as um, they have been without Marvin Bagley the third for the last couple of games and now no Gafford. They're in Boston tomorrow night right here on the team, 980. Meanwhile, we just mentioned the Capitals looking for a third goal and third game in a row for Alex Ovechkin. They're going to need a lot more than that. Take on the Florida Panthers. You hear it, 106.7 The Fan, Odyssey app beginning at 7 o'clock tonight. And, of course, if you missed our big Dan Quinn interview, the commander's head coach, it's available for you right now at theteam980.com or on the Odyssey app. Use the rewind feature or its podcast right up there. You can hear the new head coach talk about all sorts of things, what leadership means to him and what he wants to do here in Washington. All of that available. Dan Quinn with us for about 17 or so minutes. Make sure you check it out, and that's what's trending. All right, welcome back right here uh, on the Team 980 on this Thursday afternoon. Uh, obviously, we've had a lot of guests. So we haven't had a lot of time for phone calls tomorrow. I'll be like that as well. Um. But maybe a little bit more time than, of course, we had today with a couple of big spots um, that we had. Uh, you need you need his number? Okay, I'll, I'll uh, send that over to you. Sorry, I, I totally I totally blanked out. My bad. You got it? Okay. Oh, you don't have it. Okay. Uh, let me text that over to you uh, right now as I try and uh, meander through this. My bad. Um, uh, should have been more prepared for this, but I... Um, I was not. Um, so we will have a little bit more time. Why don't we get a quick phone call in here uh, and get to Little uh, right here while we get AWOD aboard for a couple of minutes because I want to have a little bit of fun with him. Uh, what's up, Little? How are you? Russell, thank you for taking my call. Maddie Ice, shout out. Hey, look, like I tweeted a couple of weeks ago, um, Chris, that was my man. I'm going to tell you what, he said it not once, not twice, but three times. Everybody wants to come here. So man, that's tell he's telling you he's gonna be able to get the free agents that he wants. And ain't gonna be no ain't gonna be no bums. It's gonna be some ballers. I'm almost sure he's gonna get cursed from Dallas, and I'm also almost sure he's gonna get Fowler. And I'm telling you now, that kid that kid Hunter, that, that he, I think he went to Damascus. Mm-hmm. I think they get Hunter from the Minnesota Vikings too. Hey man, look, I'm gonna get off the line, let him, let the calls get it. Hey, look, one key thing for the game. It's gonna be close. I got Kansas City on the money line. Well, San Francisco going to have a chance to win the game, but the kick is going to miss the field goal. Hey, I'm out, man. Uh, you know what? He missed a key one earlier in the playoffs. I like that. I like that. And I like the pick of – come close. Chicago come close. That kick is going to miss the game. He's going to have a chance to win it, though. But I got Kansas City on the line. Let's go. I got you, Little. Thank you. I, I got Kansas City straight up, too. I mean, I haven't officially released that, but I've been leaning that way for two weeks. Uh, and I, I'll probably be wrong. <laughs> but I'm willing to, uh, you know, I'm willing to uh, uh, take that chance. I mean, I'm not going to bet that much on it, but 
I'm willing to take that chance. All right. Um, before we get to Sean in Cincinnati, why don't we bring in our guy, Adam Epstein, better known as AWOD. He is out in Las Vegas for Super Bowl week. I'm so jealous. And you can hear him on 910 The Fan in Richmond, our sister station down in the Commonwealth, uh, the capital of the Commonwealth and on the Odyssey app. AWOD, how are you, pal? Rooster, I'm living good, man. This is the greatest trip of my life. It's unbelievable. The amount of star power here. Radio Row is back, Rooster. Yeah, I've seen, and I've seen the pictures, and I've seen a bunch of your coverage, and that's partly what I wanted to have you on for. Um, I'm I'm so happy for you, obviously. Uh, I wish I was out there, so I'm just going to tell you I'm bitter, I'm jealous, I'm envious, uh, all of that. Uh, I should be out there. Um, but that being said, I'm I'm living vicariously through you. Uh, you are, you landed an interview with Adam Schefter, and uh, what, what happened there? What, what went on? Uh, that was an awkward bit. That was one of those things where you know we're at the opening ceremonies, everybody's walking around. Right. Uh, you know, Ian Rappaport was there. All these former players were there. I went up to Chase Young. He blew me off. You know, <laughs> and then Adam Schefter walked by, and I just go, Adam, do you have a minute? He said, sure, 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 make it quick. And I threw three questions at him, and he had no interest in actually answering them. And there was a 10-second awkward pause when I asked him, can a defensive coach win in this league? Obviously, I'm calling out the radio host in the DMV that believe Dan Quinn's not the right hire, right? right. Me and you agree yes. that we want to build with the defense. A lot of people say you can only win with an offensive-minded coach right now. Schefter gave me the longest pause and then goes, there's a lot of good defensive guys, and it was awkward <laughs> as hell. I, I did listen. I did listen to what you played back on your show, and I thought you handled it great. I mean, you know, what are you supposed to do, right? I, I mean, you're, you know, you get the number one NFL insider. I mean, I know how that is. Shefty's been nice to me, but you know, he, I mean, he's busy, right? So, I, I mean, there's distractions. That Rappaport did the same thing as you might remember uh, once to a previous host here, and he did the same thing to me a couple of years ago, right? These guys are busy. They've got 14 phones. Everything's going on. It's media day, you know, media night. They've got a million places to be. Uh, you know, like you still landed Adam Shifter, man. Congratulations. Right. I know. And his phone will have more NFL players in his context list than me for the rest of my life. But I will always be taller than Adam Shifter, and I love that. I mean, you don't have to dunk. You don't have to dunk on poor Adam Schefter for being like five eight. I mean, for crying out loud, Awad! My goodness. Hey, actually, uh, you know who was an unbelievable interview with yeah. Rooster? Yeah, it was uh, Steve Spagnola, defense coordinator for the, for the Chiefs. He was fantastic. You got to that sit down with him too. Week. Wait, you got to sit down. It was. With... It was in a. It was in a scrum with about ten or fifteen people. Oh, okay. I, I just I played it wise. I sat there and waited, and everyone ran out of questions. And then I got three minutes solo with him, and Attaboy. it was unbelievable. Attaboy. And there was yeah. – is, 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 st- it's been a while since I've been to a Super Bowl. Do they still do the, you know, you sit around the breakfast table on Wednesday and Thursday morning type of thing? Is, is that how they do that still? I haven't gone over to that oh, okay. because we're doing the radio row. The oh, awkward right, thing right. is here in Vegas is my show starts at 9 a.m. Vegas gotcha. time, right? So I gotcha. I'm not getting breakfast at all. I'm coming down here and, and doing the show right away. And you're just firing cannons. I mean, just firing bombs, baby. Um, all right, let me ask you this. I saw a picture. I saw a picture of you and Annie Agar. Right now, some people hate yeah. Annie Agar for whatever reason. I thought I think she's hilarious. Uh, I think she's very talented. I wish I had her comedic genius. How uh, 
how, how can I ask this delicately? Um, how excited was AWOD for that? <laughs> I was pumped up. Uh, the haters are wrong. She's super sweet. She's got a great smile. Had to tell her that to her face. But I actually agree with you that her, her NFL stuff is hilarious, right? And being a stand-up comedian is the hardest thing. You're up there by yourself. And you know what? She just fires shots over and over again. Some of them miss. But every once in a while, she'll swing and hit a home run. And you'll see it's over 5 million views on social media. Uh, she told me she wants me to place a prop bet on Travis Kelsey, two-plus touchdowns for plus 500. That was her best bet. We talked to commanders. I didn't realize. Ron Rivera loves her, too. Yes. That was a funny bit. You can check oh, out yeah. that interview uh, on the Odyssey app. Check him out on Twitter or X at AWOD Radio. Listen to him on 910 The Fan, 910 The Fan in Richmond on the Odyssey app as well. It's our pal uh, Adam Epstein or AWOD Radio. And you can listen to him from time to time. What, on Saturday morning, simulcast 106.7 uh, and the Team 980 here. He's at Radio Row in Las Vegas and joining us for a couple of minutes. Um and then the other thing, and I didn't see pictures from you on this, but maybe you weren't in, in this. Did you go to the U2 concert last night at the Sphere? Absolutely. How uh, crazy was that? Like, I, look, look, your, your listeners are going to be like, well, I'm not in Vegas. Why are you talking about the Sphere? You need to plan a trip to Vegas for the Sphere. Like, it is that cool. Uh, U2, you know, a great band for the Sphere because they've got so many hits. But the visuals are incredible. Me and Grant Paulson were just kind of like – drooling at the entire show because it's like each song is a music video on a giant TV screen. You're like, it's a, a movie theater on steroids and it's just incredible. And so it was like two hours of fun. There, there's no real pause in the performance because even when they're not playing music, there's really cool visuals. And, and so the sphere is a 10 out of 10. It's amazing. So, so everything that you've heard about it. Great. Um, was it better than any concert experience you've ever had? Or I don't know if you're a big concert guy. Uh, were the acoustics so much better? How would you describe that? Uh, better than anything I've ever been to. The, okay. the seats vibrate with the beat of the music uh, for certain songs. The, the sound system is really good. And even though you know, you're farther away from the stage, so you can't really see the performers, while they're doing the visuals, they also like do like a picture-in-picture HD, the whole thing is 8K. Mm. So when they put up Bono, you know, you can see all his wrinkles. You can see his sunglasses. You can see Edge with his beanie. And, and so, the, you know, the fact that it's 8K, it doesn't matter where you're sitting. It just looks terrific. My guy, Awad, at the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, kicking ass and taking names on uh, 910 The Fan in Richmond. Are you doing the show on Saturday morning or no? No, because my, my flight's a, a red eye. Oh, gotcha, got gotcha. Changed, so I'm taking a red eye out of here Friday. Uh, but what's really cool is in about an hour, Doug Williams is going to come over here and Attaboy. sit down with me, and we're going to air that tomorrow. boy, Doug Williams is a great, yeah. great man. Looking forward to hearing that conversation. All right, one last one for you. Have you given out your official pick yet? I have. I'm taking the Chiefs. Chiefs money line. You're telling me we're getting plus money with Patrick Mahomes, mm -hmm. the greatest quarterback of this generation. I'm taking it every single day. I'm, I'm going to place that I, bet. Yeah, I'm sure. not a big gambling guy, but I'm missing something because I'm exactly with you. I'm Chiefs straight up. Chiefs money. I, I mean, Chiefs, I would, you know, obviously you take them plus the two, whatever, plus one and a half, whatever you get yeah. them. At. I can't figure out this one quite – like, to me, the odds makers, as usual, don't have a real good grasp on this, and they haven't watched Brock 
Purdy be up and down inconsistent. They haven't seen the 49er offensive line outside of Big Trent, and they haven't seen the 49ers try and tackle, not just Chase Young, the 49ers try and tackle on defense. Yeah, no, and I just found this interesting. I found it earlier today that the Eagles were actually favored in the Super Bowl last year, and the Chiefs end up winning. So, look, plus money, it's a good bet, I think. I hear you. Awad, thanks, pal. Appreciate you. Glad you're having a blast. You deserve it. Uh, I'm so bitterly jealous that I, I can't be hanging out with you and all the boys. Well, next year, we're going to get you on board. We're going oh, to New Orleans. New Let's Orleans, baby. Are you, like, don't put any beads on me. I, you know, I don't know if anybody wants to see those kind of uh, things. Yeah. Big sexy. That's big sexy. Thanks, A. Well, I appreciate you, buddy. Get home safe, all right? In one piece. Yep, you're the man. Talk to you later. <laughs> That's A. Wad Radio. Uh, I just had to bust his chops about Schefter, Annie Agar, and uh, I mean, not bust his chops about Annie Agar or uh, you too, but just, you know. Just bring you a little slice of Vegas here uh, before we get on out. Do we have time for uh, we have time for Sean? Let's get Sean here uh, real quickly before we get to dumb dumb of the day. What up, Sean? How are you, pal? I'm good, Chris. How are you? Doing good, Sean. What's going on, pal? Well, I'm doing my uh, best Jay Gruden impression today. I'm actually calling from the golf course. <laughs> uh, so you call me, call, it, me at a, call me at a good time. Is it warm enough to play golf in Cincinnati today? Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a nice, earlier, well, 60 degrees, it's nice and sunny, finally. All right. Yeah, we're, we're, wearing short, we're wearing shorts and T-shirts out here, but uh, we're, we're doing good. Oh, right. boy. My, my boy's doing good. I'm not, I'm not doing too well, but I'm just getting off the rust. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to call into my two cents on, I listened to the uh, Dan Quinn interview earlier, and I talked to, shout out Maddie X, as always. He, he mentioned that he was super, super nice to him before, um, super cordial, everything like that. And it just feels good to have a person who, they're not the shiniest toy, but they seem like a, a, a really good person and someone who's like really wants to actually be here. And so it's just a, it's just a nice uh, sigh of relief um, because obviously, like, I don't know much. Like, I was super excited when Ron Rivera was excited or was signed. So it doesn't mean it'll trend on the field, but it just feels good to have someone that's easy to root for off the field. And I'm uh, very excited well, to see and, what and the other and, and the other thing, like people people think Sean that that stuff is overrated, right? Because you're right. Ron Rivera was a nice guy, and he was good to the media. You yeah. know where that's not overrated? It might be overrated in that regard. You know where it's not overrated? And I said this earlier. It's relating to 22 to 25, 26, 27 year yeah. old men who yeah. have and young men who might have thin skin, who might be sensitive to criticism, who might want to maybe not play up to their capability or their standards or effort levels all the time consistently, that's where it's important. Yeah, definitely. All right, thanks, Chris. Have a great day. All right, Sean, thank you, pal. Hit them straight. Appreciate you. Uh, And, uh, yeah, Um, I mean, I can't play golf, so I'm not even good at mini golf. So, you know, I mean – it's just not happening. Like mini golf, I could be somewhat decent at. Somewhat. Just not good enough. All right, coming up. Dumb Dumb of the Day. We wrap up the show. It's not any of our guests, I can tell you that much. But what happens in Atlanta stays in Atlanta. Maybe. Kind of. On the Team 980 and the Odyssey app.
All right, according to Pro Football Talk, Steve Mongo McMichael, who, of course, is dealing with ALS and uh, is really struggling, obviously, so we wish uh, the best to him. Devin Hester and Julius Peppers, uh, and this is all via Pro Football Talk and the Chicago Sun-Times. The announcement hasn't even been officially made yet, but the vote was taken weeks ago. So they're reporting that those three guys are getting into the Hall of Fame in Canton this August. Um, And, you know, listen, if that's true, congratulations uh, to them. I have no reason to think Uh, it won't be true. I don't know if anybody else will be a part of the class. Uh, But I I will say this. I hope Steve Mongo McMichael makes it um, so that, you know, I don't think he would be able to be at the ceremony, but I hope he makes it uh, because, you know, ALS we know is such a crippling disease. Start with that. Number two, if Devin Hester's in, Brian Mitchell's got to get in. I mean, I'll, I'll do the number breakdown. I've done it a couple of times before. Brian Mitchell's got to get in. Devin Hester's going to get in. They're not that far apart. All right, time for You Know What Time It Is. It's time for Dumb Dumb of the Day. Well, that didn't make any sense. Time for You Know What Time It Is. It's time for Dumb Dumb of the Day. Of course you know what time it is. Headline, squatters take over 1,200 homes in Atlanta and then proceed to open up illegal strip clubs and terrorize neighbors. Yes, this is America, boys and girls, in 2024. Squatters have taken over, again, over 1,200 homes, according to the National Rental Home Council trade group in Atlanta. Quote, I'd be terrified in Atlanta to lease out one of my properties said Matt Urbanski, who manages a local home cleaning company. Apparently, again, these squatters who don't pay bills, who don't pay rent, just stay in your house, do whatever they want, ruin whatever they want, build strip clubs, have house parties, and no judge and no authorities have the balls to do anything to them. And we allow too many damn freedoms and too many damn, um, uh, what do you call it, um, I I guess lacks rules because we don't want to offend anybody because we don't want to do anything to criminals. That's what these people are. They're criminals. They are illegally living in homes. So while everyone worries about everything else in the world, you in one city have apparently 1,200 homes, 1,200 homes that are being illegally lived in where people are not paying, causing all sorts of damage and creating strip clubs just because they can and because we live in an absolute, soft, ridiculous, inane society. How dare you? Congratulations. You're Chris's dum-dum of the day. And even though some of these guys have been arrested, they still continue to live there. They still continue to do whatever they want. You can't get rid of them. Because our judges are too damn soft. Get tougher. All right, Craig Hoffman coming up from Radio Row in Las Vegas. Thanks to Commander's Head Coach Dan Quinn for joining us. If you missed it again, Team 980, theteam980.com uh, in the podcast section or on the Odyssey app or on Odyssey Rewind at 215 as well. Craig Carton from FS1 and FanDuel AWOD from Radio Row in Las Vegas and Jay Gruden as well. Thanks to Matty Ice. Thanks to you. See you tomorrow at 1. Craig Hoffman up next from Vegas. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.